What's up, space nerds? So, before we get started today, I just wanted to let you know that for the time being, while Star Trek Club is taking a break, we'll be bringing you episodes of Doug Space Nine once a week. And for this momentous occasion, I've spent the last two days recording a synth-pop version of the Deep Space Nine theme song. I am extremely proud of myself. It came out great. I love it so much. I hope you do too. And it's going to hopefully brighten up your week. I know it's a it's a tough time out there right now. This episode of Doug Space Nine is one of the most fun streams that we ever did. I am thrilled that we're finally here. Um, I don't remember if we called this wig gate or dress gate. I think it was wig gate. <laughs> uh, I won't tell you any more than that, but... Um, I will also tell you that this was an experiment where we tried streaming on Twitch instead of YouTube. We actually had a really good time. Um, it went really well, but the issue with it is that it doesn't save the live chat. So after trying a couple of streams on Twitch, we ended up going back to YouTube because people were requesting that so that they could see the live chat when they came back to watch the stream if they didn't make it live. So, uh, this one takes place on Twitch. We'll be talking about that. But if you want to catch a future live stream, those are always happening on my uh, YouTube page, youtube.com slash Sci-Fi. And that's where you can also watch this stream if you prefer to watch it versus listening to it. It is available on my YouTube page. So, this episode of Doug Space Nine was originally streamed on Twitch in February of 2019. And let's get into it. So, this is the worldwide debut of the new Doug Space Nine theme song, Synth Space Nine. Doug Space Nine, Doug Space Nine. Ooh, nice asteroid noise. Thank you. That was a good asteroid noise. Holy shit! And then the shuttle. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. <laughs> it's Doug Space Nine time. Ba, ba, ba. Doug Space Nine. We cleared go. for docking. We're here. Huzzah! It's time. It's been like a month mm-hmm. since we've done this at all, and we've never done this on Twitch before. This is very exciting. If you're watching this on YouTube, it is not live. I'm going to post this on <laughs> YouTube later. Uh, so it, all the old episodes are on YouTube if anyone here on Twitch wants to see what we've been up to. But this is Doug Space 9 This is my friend Doug. Twitch debut! <laughs> His last name is actually Space Nine, space which is nine. really strange. <laughs> but not without a space. Right. It's not like Space Space Nine. Right, exactly. Space Nine. It's not Doug Space Space Nine. Right, right, no, right. No, that would be ridiculous. Like Good it's Space Guy? Douglas Space Nine. What'd you say? Good Space Guy? Good Space Guy? Oh What's yeah, that? there's like a there's like um an interesting character who runs for political office out here. 
all the time who oh. his name is Good Space Guy. I've never heard of that. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. He's uh, got some real issues. Like like political issues? Yeah, he's all he's it's 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 a trip, man. <laughs> Just Google Good Space Guy and read some of his like okay. what I would get done kind of things. I'll check it out. He on the one hand talks about spaceship Earth and it sounds really cool, and then he gets really into like parking stuff. Huh. And it's it's yeah, he's a trip. Anyway, spaceship Earth and parking. Yeah, yeah. Those are the things that matter. <laughs> uh, so this is a show where we talk about every episode of Deep Space Nine, usually two per episode. Mm-hmm. Or per stream of Doug Space Nine, and we never talk about any we other Star Trek. We never talk about anything else. It's com- it's like very it's monofocus. Focus. Speaking of, have you watched any season two of, of Discovery? Course, yeah, of course. It's oh, great. You mean the greatest Star Trek series ever? No, absolutely not. <laughs> not okay. yet. I'm not so, yet. Okay. It will get there. Though. Here's the thing. Whenever they show, like previously ons, yeah. where they talk about. Season one. You're like, oh right, the show's I'm like, dog yeah, shit. this was trash. It was <laughs> awful, and I despised it. But I still like season one, but season two is even better. Season two is great. Yeah, I'm really liking it, and they are correcting everything I didn't like about the show. Mm-hmm. Like systematically, kind of going through and addressing everything that I thought was dog shit, and yeah. like retconning it and like reversing see, it. There's, and but fixing I've it. seen a lot of discussions about that, about it, it being fixed or it being retconned. I don't think that's the case. I think this is just. The standard slow the progression, progression of a show, go. yeah. Because you could watch yeah. season one of TNG and watch season two and be like, "Oh boy, they retconned and fixed a bunch of shit," but not right. not really because there wasn't the same kind. Right, of, but like, season one of TNG is is wonky, but it's not complete and utter garbage. <laughs> it's like really? season one of Discovery is by far the worst Star Trek that's ever existed, in my opinion. Mm. Worse than the animated series. The animated series is real cute, though. I mean, yeah, TOS is worse than the cute. animated series. May, ah. I mean, good episodes of TOS are better than, like, good episodes of almost any Star Trek, oh, yeah, but, but they're that's, rare. That's to be like, fair. I mean, there's the, a lot the of second episode episodes. of Discovery Season 2 is one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever. You think so? That's the yeah. Prime Directive episode, right? The one yeah. where they go to that planet of, like, human colonists. No, it was, no, no, I'm thinking of the one where they're, like, it was, like, super action-y when that one, spoiler alert, dude gets smashed by the asteroid. Like, oh, that. that's the pilot, wasn't it? No, that's the second one. The first. Anyways, there's the one where they like find Tignataro. Yeah, I think that's the first one. Is that the first one? Yeah. Okay. That was my least favorite episode so far of the season. Oh, interesting. I liked the first half of it a lot. Yeah. But like the actiony stuff, I just thought was ridiculous. I love the action stuff. The action stuff feels a lot like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek stuff, which is like, it's okay, and I like it, but I don't love it. But this split the difference where it's like it's actiony, but it's still like. A Star Trek. And then the second yeah. one where they're like, oh, look at this planet. Oh, it's got an old school church on the ground. You're like, yeah, this is classic that TOS. That was classic TOS. Yeah. I See, that kind of like, I didn't love that episode, but I really liked it. I'm like, okay, this feels like Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're trying. Mm-hmm. But um, just kind of like slowly over time throughout the course of the first four episodes, they just really kind of won me over. Yeah. Uh, I've really been enjoying it. I, you know what really kind of got me was seeing Ash Tyler on the Klingon homeworld being interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah, you made the least interesting character, the one who made no sense, kind of interesting. Yeah. And they, they're now addressing the fact that he makes no sense. Yeah. But why why doesn't he just get changed back to being a Klingon? Why why not? I don't, uh, they haven't answered that. In-universe, I don't think that it's a thing that they'll ever answer. I mean, honestly, in-universe, it's galling that they're like, oh, he's basically like a new person. They're very right. weirdly treating him like... That still bothers me. Yeah, it's not like in the past where they've had... Uh, even the eventually we re-meet him in, in DS9, but like the Klingon 
the first Klingon that was made to look like oh, a human. Kor, I think. No. Uh, Koloth. No. We meet Kor and Koloth. Right. Oh no no you're talking about. Uh, uh, Darbin. Darbin. I was gonna say yes. Darmok, but that's Darb. The, like the Darbin. human name was. Right. I don't remember his Klingon name. Right. But that dude. That, you're talking about trouble with Tribbles guy. Yes. Right. Yeah. Who but, was surgically altered to look human. Right. He's yes, the first one where they. I done forgot that. about that. You're yeah. right. They did that. There's yeah. a history of that. That's right. This is this is this is this yeah. is par for the course. Except in yeah. that case, they didn't treat him like he was a human. Human now. Right. He was still. A Klingon who had gone through all of this stuff to look. I human. hate that you reminded me that 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 is straight out of TOS. That that, <laughs> that, that is what Klingons do. You yeah. know. I mean, this is like again. I don't want to keep beating the same drum to death, but this is what I've been saying: is that I yeah. feel like Discovery. Once you take a longer view and step back, and especially give it room to breathe, it's really going to fit nicely in to the Star Trek canon with warts and all. I I think that it will. I've always hoped that you were right about that, mm-hmm. and I've said like I hope that it gets better, and it is getting better, yeah. and I'm really enjoying Enterprise it now. Enterprise pulled it off, where people pulled it off, despised yeah. Enterprise, yeah. and then it's it's a shame it didn't get season five with Shran on the bridge. I totally you know? agree. Oh my that would have been so good. So fucking rad. And Amanda. Oh hi, Amanda. Black screen after the ad. Uh, it's definitely working. It's I, I can see the Twitch broadcast that it is working. So, huh. Do you have Twitch? No. Maybe I do. <laughs> we should double check. I've heard people say this before that like they couldn't see me, but other people could. Oh. Try try refreshing, Amanda. Cause you got you wanna see us, cause we got It's the universe. We got saving new her. shit today. It's, it's the, not on the screen yet, but the universe is saving her from hearing you say that you're getting on board with Discovery I, Season 2. I really have been enjoying it though. I <laughs> I really liked. I also. No, really, I'm glad. I mean, I'm not. I'm not being like. Oh no, totally. And I, I want. I want people that like it to like it, and people that hate it to just go ahead and keep hating it. You know. Yeah, totally. People you, hate DS9. Yeah, that I mean, blows people, my mind. And uh, you even said before, like when TNG came out, TOS fans hated it. People protested. This is the way that people it goes. Made signs. But I still maintain that the first season of Discovery is rightfully hated because it's bad, and it's ba- it's fun to watch because it's bad. But it's like it's bad fun sure. because it's bad. It's right. just like terribly written. It's yeah. like garbage dialogue. The relationships make no sense. The motivations make no sense. It's very soap opera-y in a way yeah. that I find like super distasteful. I just don't like it. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, when they show like the last season on and they show what happened before, I'm like, oh, please stop. Right, it's they did bad. these things. But then everything that I complain about, I... Wait. Amanda's not seeing anything. No sound or picture. What? Oh, man. Okay. No one's hearing or seeing us. <gasps> Fucking Twitch, man. Section 31 is trying to keep us down. This keeps happening to me on Twitch. Okay, let's kill the stream and try again. That's not helpful. Trying again. Can you see us? I can see us. It's working for me. Yay! JM can see us. Okay. Yes! So it just needs to be... So wait, hold on. Hold on. (laughs) What's up, Jazz Fajitas? What's up, Andy? Um, You can see in here now. Oh, man, I'm so bummed. No one could see and hear us for that whole rousing discussion of Star Trek Discovery. (laughs) So nobody heard or saw anything that we were saying? (laughs) Well, it sounded like uh, Amanda could, could hear us. Okay. We'll be fine. We, it started off as a joke that we don't talk about anything else. I know. We've been we talking, about talk about we've been talking about Discovery. 
That was like our time. We were just getting caught Yeah, up. that's us. I'll bet you that that stream still exists. So when I post this on YouTube, I'll bet you all have it Bulbous to post content. the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, it's Annika. She's talking Oh, to hi, you. Annika. Yeah, Annika's got that wrench because she works for Twitch. She's Squish Cat. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's a cute name. Squish oh, cat. so cute. <laughs> Squish Cat. Okay, so anyway, uh, welcome to Doug Space and I. This is the first time we've done this on Twitch. I'm, I'm starting over. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> Hold on. Start over. Start over. Ba 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 ba. Doug Space Nine. By Andy. Doug Space Nine. We started over in Andy. The list. sound of an asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Doug Space Nine. Here we go. Have a good flight, Andy. I'll miss you so much. All right. So. This is a show where we talk about uh, every episode of Deep Space Nine. And nothing else. And nothing else. We're very on topic. Don't get us off topic. We're always on topic. Mm -hmm. You couldn't get us off topic if you tried. Anyway, we've been talking about Discovery because right. we're off topic. Because it's new season. Because the new season. I've been really enjoying, enjoying it. it. Um, I told you. I knew you'd come around. I knew you'd yeah. Come around. Is Amanda here? Is she back? I'll bet she's like refreshing. She's going to be crushed. I, I'm going to like... <laughs> if well, I don't know. Amanda may also like the new... Uh, uh, Yes, no. I mean, the new, the new, uh, discovery. new discovery. I'm actually going to send her a message saying that we restarted the stream because <laughs> if she if she's not here, it's not even real, you know. So you take over. You talk or just sing. That's fine. Okay, so the Forsaken is where we first see Luwaxana Troy on DS9. Thoughts? Thought? Oh, you're doing a terrible job. <laughs> I know. You vamp, bro! Come on! <laughs> Squishcat is hosting us! Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, you rad. <laughs> okay, guys, we have big news! Okay, Amanda's back. Good. Amanda, I sent you a private message because I'm like, if Amanda's not here, it's all it's all garbage. Are you ready for the reveal of like the exciting thing that we have going on right now? Alright. Excuse me, do you mind never happened before? What is that? What is that? Does that sound like Deep Space Nine? Boom! Look at that! Look at that! It's Deep Space Nine! Look, it's Deep Space Nine! Are you instantly comforted by the beautiful underside of this glorious space station, or what? Video and video. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Okay, so we've got the episode up for the first time, so we can actually look at clips and talk about it. It's gonna be fucking awesome. We're gonna dive into this episode, The Forsaken. Yeah. Why is this episode called The Forsaken? It makes no sense to me. Oh. I've been trying to figure that out. There's like oh. no reason why this episode should I be. I did look at Memory Alpha while oh, you we, did. Okay, while we good. were dicking around with other stuff. They nice. were originally going to call it Only the Lonely. Which is a much better title yeah. for this episode. I think so. I don't know why The Forsaken, because it doesn't. Nobody was forsook. <laughs> there yeah. was no. There was no forsooking. No forsooking. <laughs> it's fine, though. I mean. Is it's, it fine? Should, there's, I don't know. This episode is just sort of like a meh overall episode to me, anyway. Really? Yeah. It's hard for me. Like this, it is a meh episode the whole time that I, I can't help but love because I love this show and I right. I love Luxana Troy. Yes, absolutely. But I but I'm sick of stuck in elevator episodes. Bottle episode. I mean, yeah. That's, it yeah. specifically says that this was written as a budget saving yeah. bottle episode that they totally. wanted to have. This the feeling I got was this was uh, what if mini games was the whole game. You know what I mean? Like that. What if what if side quest was the whole game? Was the game? Yeah. Yeah. That's what this episode is. It's just like there is no a story. My band There's, we got to one time we got a review and they said that like you know that section between sections called the bridge like between the verse and the chorus this band is all bridge all bridge this episode is all bridge yeah except now that sounds like the bridge of 
this chip. Right. That no, doesn't make sense. It's, 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 it's mini games. Like when you're playing uh, Zelda and they're like, do you want to go race the horse around real quick? And right. Like, sure. <laughs> or like the RC car racing in Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me, guys. Doug got a Switch since the last time we've done an episode. <laughs> How's your life now with the Switch? It's a lot of Zelda. Yeah. I don't know why people buy other games. You just play Zelda forever. You know, I got through about 240 hours of Zelda before I was like, I think I need to play another game. Really? Yeah. yeah. I bought Skyrim so I didn't have to pay for parking at Target. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> and so what? That, that'll be my next game. Target, if that... you don't pay more than like, if you pay 10 or $20, if you spend 10 or $20 at Target, they uh, uh, comp your parking. So, so that you bought you, Skyrim. Because I was there to buy a HDMI cable okay. that was like $6. And uh-huh. I'm like, well, I'm not going to then pay whatever $10 for parking. So I'll so go ahead and buy Skyrim. Skyrim. <laughs> Your logic is There's not a lot wonderful. of stuff at Target that I wanted. That makes no sense. Target's so now, awesome. now I have like a shrink wrap Skyrim that I probably won't play for a year. Because yeah. I play Zelda forever. I don't like realistic blood in games. So Skyrim is just not for me. But uh, Skyrim is like the other big Zelda type thing. That's why I got it. Because I was yeah. like, what am I going to play? I can't play a Lego so game. You need to play Stardew Valley. We've talked about this. Yeah, I'll try Stardew Valley. You really Valley. need to play Stardew Valley. Uh, Tetris 99. It's free. Okay. It's really fucking fun. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I'm like a Tetris champion. Yes, Stardew Valley. That's what I'm saying. Anika, you play Stardew Valley? I didn't know that. I am a Tetris champion. Yeah, I've won twice. I'm a two-time champion. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I'll try Stardew Valley. I downloaded... Um, they have like an old-style uh, scum interface point-and-click uh, adventure. Graphic adventure. Oh, what's it called? Timbervale. Oh, Tinder, Tinderwood? Tinderwood, something like that, yeah. I was just watching a video today where he said that's like one of his favorite games on the Switch eShop. Yeah, I've it's, never it's like the old, you know, guy, guy through... Threepwood, whatever his name was, Guybrush Threepwood, the Monkey Island games, the yeah. LucasArts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, he it's talks that. about, I haven't played those. He talks oh. about those games, Monkey Island. Mm, I love those games. I played a game on PC Monkey when I was a kid called Dr. Quandry's Island. Oh. It was like a puzzle adventure game. Yeah. I missed the shit out of that yeah, game. Yeah, so I think so you would good. like this. That's right up your alley. Anyway, we only okay. talk about Star Trek on this show. <laughs> only Star Trek. So let's meet these Federation ambassadors that are hanging out with Dr. Bashir. Oh, God. Madam Ambassador. Madam Ambassador. This is, <laughs> and this is Star Trek has now introduced us to a species that at least one other person refers to as being sexually repressed. Yeah, totally. That was a weird like. Mm. But apparently, Bolians are sexually forward. I don't know what Bolians are supposed to be. This is, the whole idea that they this is one of the one of Star Trek's bigger flaws is alien species that are like all of a thing. Like yeah. Romulans are all evil. Right. Vulcans are all this way, you know? Oh, totally, yeah. Everyone's all a thing. Absolutely. It's... I, I both hate it and love it. Yeah. Like, it's a little frustrating because it doesn't feel realistic, right. but I love it because it allows you to examine the different aspects of humanity sure. by right. breaking it apart into different species. Right. Like, logic versus passion yeah. is Vulcans and Romulans, you know? Right, 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 right. So, yeah, so you get to kind of examine humanity through that lens yeah. and I kind of forgive the show for, for making monocultures and yeah. mo- but I but I like it like I like mono planets like I That's love hot like the does. ice yeah, planet yeah, yeah. yeah I love that shit and they do to some degree DS9 is one of the Star Treks that starts to move away from that yeah. and start to try to separate culture from biology which yeah, shouldn't but, be like a yeah you know what's interesting though is that they also kind of clump humans together humans are, are like the, the species of intuition you know yeah and but and Klingons are like the warriors, but right. but this show does a lot to like dive deeper into that. Or Ferengi are greedy, right. but as you kind of get to know more and more um, individuals from each species, they do have a lot of 
diversity. Right. And, you know, they do a good job of that. So I kind of buy it. Like, yeah. part of me kind of buys it. Um, uh, Vahita says, I'd like to see a new Super Mario RPG. I totally agree. I loved... Uh, as long as you could climb over everything. Now, like, any video game that won't let me climb oh, really? on the walls is, like, bullshit. It's been every like game I've ever jump. played. I hate that... The, <laughs> Zelda is the first game, the, the Breath of the Wild, that I've ever played that I feel like really got that. Like, yes, yeah. you should be able to climb on everything. Do you have Revali's Gale yet? Mm-mm. Oh. I don't know what that is. Never mind. Okay. Um, is it a game? No, it's something you'll get in Zelda. Oh, I see. Yeah, I the way I play takes forever. Like I'm oh, barely I'm the same way. I'm I've been playing way. for like whatever a month and a half. Yeah, and I'm nowhere near. All I do is oh, just you solve side quests. Stream this, dude. <laughs> I would love to watch you play that game. You should totally stream it. Um, I'm gonna switch using your tablet. Oh, nice. You have a nice tablet you never use. Awesome. Oh yeah, so new Super Mario RPG. I played Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga on uh, Game Boy Advance, and it was really awesome. Nice, really good. Um, so let's get into right. okay. So we meet all these ambassadors, meet the ambassadors, and Bashir is having a rough time, right? And he's but, he's given shit duty because uh, nobody likes to talk to ambassadors. Yes, but then of course the Luaxana Troy shows up, right? So let's get into this here. Her brooch has been stolen. Very sorry. Have a nice day. This is the moment. You are dealing with the daughter of the fifth householder of oh, the yeah. sacred chalice of Reeks, heir of the holy rings of Betazad. I live for her reading out her poems. Okay, that's the, the thing is like, I feel like. Holder of the chalice of Reeks. Okay, so this is Deanna Troy's mother from Star Trek The Next Generation. We've seen her a lot throughout the history of TNG, seven years of that show. She comes on at least once, a, well, like once a season, basically. So we've seen her about seven times up till now. This mm. is her last performance as Loaxana Troy in Star Trek. Mm mm. Isn't it? No, there's, she's on a few more times. Like, her and Odo really? almost get married. There's what? Like, she yeah. comes back on Deep Space Nine? Spoiler alert. <laughs> I completely forgot that. There's a whole There's a whole episode where, like, she's supposed to marry someone else, and then she's using Odo as, like, a oh. fake-out. They do, like, the naked wedding, I think. Or maybe I'm mixing up some TNG. But she definitely comes back again. Okay. What you're saying reminds me of a TNG episode where she, like... like is trying to marry a bunch of different people, and yeah. or the other episode where they do the naked wedding on the the Enterprise, and that's why her husband runs away in shame. Right, right. No, she. But so I may be mixing up the plots, but she comes back at least once, if not two more times. On okay. Side. Well, my point is that every time she comes in, she reads off this her her list yes. of credentials yes. every time. It's like, great. Holder of the sacred chalice of Reeks. Yeah. yeah, every time. Daughter of the and fifth house. I will tell you that this is the only time that I can remember feeling like they should have left it out. Really? Like, I felt like I didn't need it this time. Uh, and I felt like she... I feel like in her performance, she almost seems like she feels obligated to say it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I was fine with it. I will say, overall, I felt... This was one of my least favorite Luaxana portrayals. Because mm. I think... Star Trek generally has a problem with portraying women. Uh, culture, on a broad level, has a hard time, especially portraying older women. Yeah. So I thought Luaxana had always been an interesting character in TNG just for that sake, is that you had a recurring female character who wasn't, you know, 28. Yeah. Um, and and a, a sexually, a very sexually active yeah. older uh, uh, woman character. But then in this episode, they make her, like, creepy in a way. Like, she's super aggressive yeah. towards okay, okay. Odo. Let's, let's, so this is what, this is a big thing I wanted to talk about in this episode. So Odo, like, she's lost her brooch, Odo helps her find it. Right. Through, and then, through a little bit of racial profiling. 
Yeah, and she like he's, okay. He's, well, yeah, let's straight do that up first. like empty your pockets. Why did you choose him? Oh, because he's this particular species. Yeah, so he's literally looking for right anyone who mm. might not be like. She can't read Ferengi, can't so read Ferengi. he's looking for anyone who might be like right. a race that is Although, related to Ferengi. I will she say can't read. that 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 little space Wait, monster is the worst thief in the world. Yeah. One, as soon as a cop looks at him, he bolts. He tries to run away. Second, as soon as he's like empty your pockets, he does. <laughs> How about no? Get a warrant, you fucking shapeshifting piece of shit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, and he's cowering like Odo's probably gonna smack him because he will. Yeah, this is definitely racial profiling. Yeah, that's really bad. But here's the thing, if... Also, this is super Star Trek. Yeah, racial profiling's wrong, but look, he was right to do it. <laughs> well, is it racial profiling if he's using his logic to deduce the fact that it has to be someone that she can't read because she he, she doesn't sense guilt and she'd be able to because she's, you know, uh, what's well, not empathic, that's telepathic. Deanna, telepathic, thank you. Yeah. yeah, so she's telepathic, so she should be able to read any guilt. She can't read guilt, so he assumes it must be someone she can't read. It makes sense that it would be someone who's either a Ferengi or I mean, a related species. Oh. It makes sense. It's good but also, what if she left the brooch at home? And then sure. he's like, hey, you, empty your pockets yeah. for no reason. It does It does feel a little bit like like racial profiling. I feel like the Federation would have something to say about this. Yeah. Thankfully, we're in the space Wild West, so... Yeah, but then, like, immediately after this, she's immediately attracted of to course. Odo. Oh, yeah. And what does she say I here? I know everything there is to know about your security, Chief. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me everything you know about this man. How do you feel about that Julian acting? Oh, here, let's just get a nice picture to pause on. <laughs> Boom. Hold on, I want to see the station. There we go. Who's calling me? Nobody. Nobody good. Is it the same just person who's called me before? The thing the robocalls now, they just always have, like, local what, numbers. What do you want from me, people? Leave to me buy busy. something. Some um, for insurance. So, I... There's this element of, like, Loxana comes on the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, Julian's um, trying to look like he's uh. doing something acting as the camera pans in to go to commercial. It's top-notch. <laughs> top-notch. I um, gotta say, he's maybe not such a great actor. It's hard to tell. Yeah. I th- uh, and know. also, like, something in the next episode with Cisco where he's, like, trying to pretend uh, that he's, like, nervous yeah. and he's walking around like... Yeah. He's just, like, doing something with his hands. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Ugh. Um... Yeah, so she always immediately like locks onto a man that she wants to right. have sex with. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I do it's one feel of the like tropes of her. Yeah, absolutely. Which is fine. Like, hey, is it fine? I don't know. Okay, I can't tell. I think what do you guys think? Is that fine? There's some women in the chat. Let us know it. How do you feel about it? I think it's reasonable to have a character on a show who is like, you know what I like? Fucking boning people. You know what I really like? Boning a type of person that I've never boned before. Like, and you know what I like what more than that? Boning a shapeshifter who can form a penis into any shape. She doesn't even have any idea. She does. She doesn't yeah. know that there's like spatial misty cloud shapeshifting sex waiting for her. Yeah, she to go to that level. Totally. Like there's some, all kinds some of stuff. cocoon style sex. Yeah, <laughs> she's just into the idea of like you're the only one of your kind, and I've never had sex with a shapeshifter. Right. I think that kind of voracious uh, uh, s- sexual appetite is fine. In this one in particular, they just portray her as as being, I think, over the line aggressive. Yeah. When any reasonable sentient species could clearly see that Odo is uncomfortable with her physical advances. Okay. But she's like... Right. And that, to me, felt like a cheap shortcut of the writers, because this is the flaws I will always go back to. Well, let's look at this, because... having not multi-arc, uh, multi-episode arcs. I- I'm going to skip over the first scene where uh, they, di- they discover this probe and... Um, 
like the ambassadors come to the bridge. Like some right. stuff happens that's mildly important. But I want to go to this scene here. We'll where, jump around for whatever we're talking. Yeah, about. we can jump anywhere. Um, let's just watch this scene for a second. Sure. Also, I love this costume, by the way. She looks great. This is, yeah. Your heroism would never call your work tedious. Can I turn this up? And this is what I mean. This is the kind of thing that, like, normally, that's my job. Our culture is is adverse to sexualizing an older woman in this way. That's you know? true. Showing her, she's like dressed, you know, in a very revealing way. She's being very flirtatious. Is um. Is Odo your first or last name? Yes. Yes. <laughs> then I can just call you uh, Odo. Yeah. See, it has a certain miracle. We're all fine here. She's just being a flirty miracle. holder of the oh, chalice of reeks. Okay, so oh. okay, yep. Well, you might want to get your tits right up there against me. That's fine. Yeah, touching me. I understand you're a shapeshifter. Cool, cool, cool. That's correct. I've never been with a shapeshifter. Yeah, not a lot of people have. Except in the game quadrant. <laughs> I've heard that you're the only one of your kind. She's the only one of hers. So far. Right? Okay. All the men I've known. This is just, this is like... Shaped and molded and manipulated. Very flirty Finally, stuff. Finally, I've met a man who knows how to do it himself. Uh, oh. Uh, okay. Oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, uh, read the room, walks on. And it's not that bad. But still. But I have questions, though. That's okay. right there. It's like she. Had he not dipped out. Yeah. You know? Was she going to bend him all the way over until she got her kiss? Okay, here's the thing. I, I watched this episode twice. Because we had to postpone the show, and right. I'd watched everything for the first time, and then I got sick, and we had to postpone. So I had to watch it all again, yep. like a month later. <laughs> um, and the first time I watched this, I was super uncomfortable with it, because mm -hmm. I felt very sure that she was kind of pushing him in a way that he was uncomfortable. Uncomfortable with, right. But the second time I watched it, I saw it from a different perspective. I was very stoned the second time. <laughs> and what I took from it the second time was what I remember taking from it as a kid, which was, Odo has no sexual experience. Odo has never had anyone show any sexual interest in him. Right. And he has not developed his sexuality at all. Right. This is like the first time that someone has really kind of approached him sexually. Right. And I think that the reason that he panics and runs away is because there's a part of him that's interested that he doesn't know how to approach. Sure. Okay. So I, I feel like in the in the room in that moment, like she is being a little bit aggressive, right? And he is freaking out, and right. she's not reading that, right? But I feel like she can also, like, it's not made clear whether or not she can read his thoughts, well, right? See, this is or yes, and here's the other thing is that whether she can read his thoughts, she can at least read his body language, sure. And Which I is panicked. She's choosing to ignore it. I agree. I agree, that's, and I think that's a little bit troubling. That's the part. But I, but I. The second time I watched it, I felt more like I was agreeing with Cisco in that next scene where Cisco <laughs> says, like, it. go for it. Like, try it out. See what you think, you know? <laughs> Get that telepathic pussy. <laughs> like, I... The second time I watched it, I felt a little better about it. Yeah. I felt a little bit more like she... 
she's being playful with him because maybe she can feel that he is interested, but he is nervous. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, but she's not respecting his nervousness. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's it's, tricky. It's, a, it's a it's a huge boundary crossing thing. And to be clear, I am yeah. not mad at Luxana, who uh, is a is gifted, beautiful person. It's the writers. It's the writers. Yeah. Who I just wanted to short circuit a flirtation with them, and then I think also just did broad stroke versions of like a, a horny older woman who's sexually active. Like they, I feel like this could have been done a little more tactfully and a little more. Like actually seductively sexy, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a. I feel like this episode is rife with missed opportunities. Yes, absolutely. Like, the, which is also one of the classic things of Star Trek. It's oh like, my god! Look totally. at what we're doing. We're heading right towards this. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> totally. There, there's this interesting. I mean, the. I guess it's the B story. I feel like the A story is Loxana and Odo. But this, it's hard to say. No, this whole this whole episode it's all is B, B stories, sto- okay. B and C stories. So the other B story is that there's this probe that um, when they download the information, <laughs> it kind of fucks up the computer. Right. And O'Brien talks about how it's like a puppy, a lost puppy that's that wants gotten attention. In, yeah, that wants attention from right. him specifically. So it wants to break things so that he'll have to fix them. Exactly. Yeah, like keeping him near the computer and all that. Right. And my cats do that. And that's a whole thing where it's like there's a sentient computer program. Right. That is like d- discovering a new life form. Right. That they eventually contain, like, it, <laughs> spoiler alert for the yeah. end of the episode, they contain it in this, like, doghouse. Doghouse, basically, that's, like, kind of in the computer that O'Brien's gonna keep him as, like, his Tamagotchi pet. Right. And then it's just dropped. And that is another thing. It's like, <laughs> they discover this life form that yeah. O'Brien is gonna own, yeah. and then they never bring it up again. Not only own a destructive life force, chi- let's say childlike, but yeah. still destructive. That they're gonna let live in their space station that is the only thing separating them from the vacuum of space. Yeah, yeah, it's very bizarre. Yeah. Amanda yeah, it, says, uh, when this was written, the sensitivity to sexual harassment was much different. Oh, sure. Yeah, super true. And I mean, uh, and I'm only bringing it up because if this had been a gender swap thing, if it had been that's a so man, true. If this know, had been a man, it would have been really uncomfortable. Like uh, Kira, or yeah. you know, some sexually inexperienced woman on the show, and it was this like sexually aggressive older man. We would be, you know, yeah. also holding it to task. It's interesting because okay, let's imagine. Let's and try to imagine a parallel with swap genders. Let's imagine. Um, a woman of the same age of a man, because they're about the same age, it, uh, it seems. Right. I mean, who knows? We don't know how old Odo oh, is. Oh, the ambassador. Odo it might be, be like 20 years old. We don't know. It would have to be the ambassador, the, 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 the prim ambassador on this episode, uh-huh. and, as the target of some other person's sexual predilection. Okay, let's say that's the case, and like because her species is sexually repressed, like she doesn't know or herself. Culturally, we'll culturally, say sexually, re- whatever. <laughs> So she doesn't know herself at all, and there's this guy kind of coming on to her and being pretty, like, forward. Right. And she's, like, kind of getting nervous and running away. Right. Um, I'd be skeeved out. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Okay, yeah. And, um, you know, if we wanted to write the episode that way, we could tie it in to Bashir having to step up and clock the guy, uh, a la the story Cisco told him of having to clock an ambassador... Right, who, who's getting too uh, aggressive uh, with? Right, them. Cisco stopped an ambassador from raping somebody. It sounds like. Well, yes, yeah. I mean, and they don't. That, go, I would, that whole story was a little. They don't go disturbing. that far with it, but at least that's the long-term like, implication yeah. is like he was being too aggressive with bringing someone to his quarters. Right. Yeah. Let's jump to the next scene these two have together. This is, it has my favorite line in the whole episode. Okay, sure. Jump, space nine. Jump, 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 jump. Uh, okay. 
the walks Every on us. Here we go. Six hours, I turn into a liquid. I can swim. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're trapped in an elevator. Also, um, I do like the open elevator view here, where they actually show the stuff. Oh, yeah, by. I love that. Yeah. I I love that line. I think it's so funny. <laughs> I, can swim. I think that is hilarious. I love the idea that there's this guy who's super different. Yeah. And this woman who's just like, I'm into you. I don't care. Like, I don't... I, I think that there's... A, uh, an intentional subtext in this episode of like Odo is not really accepting of his full self because yeah. he's been isolated his whole life so he's just kind of built like there's what he used to be and instead of growing up it's like what I chose to become right 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 and I think what he chose to be become like does not include any sense of sexuality or any sense of companionship and that is going to be explored throughout the seven years of the show and yeah. through his relationship with Kira yeah because it's weird because he also is super dismissive of it you know yeah like, he's just like I don't I don't need it it's right. like I don't understand flowers don't understand these nonsense stuff. like I don't need any of that <laughs> shit so yeah I mean I I like the idea that it, there's this like strong you know powerful woman who's like knows herself very well right who's like you, I think you need this and I'm, I'm here for you you right. know like let's do it Let, why not and I do think that she's a, maybe a, a little too... I think it's obviously written by a man, you know? Sure, yeah. I mean, is it? We should check that. It feels like <laughs> it. Um, but I do... There's elements of the storytelling that I like. Yes. As far as, like, developing Odo's character. The Forsaken. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Doug reads. Memory Alpha. Yeah, Don Carlos Dunway and Michael Piller. Yeah, so written by men. Um, Story by Jim Trombata. I feel like if they could have gotten a woman in the writer's room, they could have really... Like, this same story with with a woman's perspective could have been much more effective. You, and you only have to make... Almost everything else that she does in this episode is totally fine and actually really in line with the Luwaxana character in general. It's just... And it's a, I don't want to say it's a minor thing, but it is enough of a, of a jarring thing. Of her being... And it would be another thing if Luwaxana was like, you know what, Luwaxana, because that's another way you can do a character like this, is like, yeah, I push boundaries, and it is something that other people may find offensive, and it would be behavior that would be definitely called out in a man, but I am choosing to embody myself in this way. Like, yeah. there are... I mean, there, I know people that are that way. Yeah, definitely. That are like, you know, you go to... You're like, oh, I'm going to go to the show, and someone's like, oh, by the way, if so-and-so gets drunk, she gets super handsy, you know? Like, and it's in a, in a way that's almost laughed off that you would not do with men, mm. right? Like, because that's just the, the power dynamics of our culture. But that's nowhere near what they're doing with Luxembourg. Right. You know? And... Everyone, drunk consent is not consent. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. never. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I I really like her character. I feel like there's an ep that her last episode on TNG where spoilers for TNG <laughs> where they talk about uh, spoilers, spoilers, go away. The last episode that she's on season seven where they talk about her uh, daughter who was who died right before right. Deanna was born. Right, and you see her be like really kind of devastated and vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love that episode. It is so hard to watch because it's so like tragic and upsetting. But at the same time, it kind of brings a sense of understanding to this character who's like yeah. really kind of built this persona of like strength and sexuality and, right. and she just takes charge of every situation. But she has this like core of of trauma that she has completely buried right. and is not like 
looking at anymore at all. And then we see her again here, and she's a little different. And yeah. I think it's actually really well performed. Yes. I mean, so well performed. I wish it had been a little better written, because like she has, she's a little different this time in a way that tracks with kind of reintegrating that trauma into her personhood. Yes. So I really like that. Yeah. Or it could just be that the writers chose to focus on this one aspect. Of her. Yeah. <laughs> Instead I don't of know. her as a whole person. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so this brings us to the point where they get stuck in this turbo lift together. Right. And this makes me want to do like uh, like a research study on the history of elevator episodes where people get trapped in elevators and have to talk to each other. You mean in TV in general? Yeah, yeah, totally. Because oh, it's the, happened in like every show. Right, but that's the bottle episode. That's the thing. That's the. Well, yeah, I mean, like a bottle episode is like they don't leave the space station. But I'm talking about like specifically trapped in an elevator. Or it's a basement. Like, like uh, what's another example of when this happens? Uh, Babylon 5, mm-hmm. when, um, but, yeah. what are their names? Uh, Londo and Jakar are trapped in an in the elevator in the together. Elevator together yeah, and yeah. They, uh, it's a great episode. You know, I mean, the episodes like this are usually great, where you get stuck with someone uh, and you don't have TNG, to talk. TNG, they have... Oh, yeah, thank you, TNG, yeah. Disaster, season four, I think. Yeah, season four. Where Picard, yeah, Picard with the kids. With the kids, yeah. Yeah, totally. Right, in an elevator. Yeah, totally. Is, that's another one. It's the same thing. It's all just like... Side projects. That's all anyone's doing. Yeah, but that episode's fantastic. I mean, the problems are a little bit more fun and to solve. It's they more... took Data's head off, and it was great. <laughs> Worf delivers a baby. <laughs> uh, I, that's, I just saw that recently. That and episode I, is great. And it made me think, like, how often does it come up, like, oh, by the way, like, I delivered your baby. Oh, totally. Yeah, <laughs> I think it does come up on Deep Space Nine Worf at some point, up. doesn't it? I don't know. It'd be great. Yeah, because he delivers Miles O'Brien's child. Yeah. And that happened. Everybody, <laughs> take note. That happened. Um, okay, let's so, see. Where are we at? <laughs> here, I'm just going to mute this, and we're just going to like scroll through a little bit of what happens here. So, so we're dealing with this problem where the, um, the computer. they're trying to get them out of the turbo lift now, and the computer's fucking up. And then O'B- I love O'Brien talking about how the, like the computer, the the attitude of the computer has right, changed. Right. He's like, it's not arguing, it's not fighting with me. Right. Oh, and then he's like trying to fix it. He's like, well done, computer. It's so cute, like his relationship with the computer in this episode. Yeah, it's also interesting because O'Brien is more of a gearhead versus like Dax, who is right. you know more like a science, science. right? Yeah. Uh, but. They do make O'Brien sort of like the computer guy in this one. Yeah, yeah. I I I really love like his relationship with the computer just over the course of the show, and this was a really particularly good episode for it. Uh, and then like we have Loxana and Odo in the elevator, and like she wants to talk, and he's not comfortable. This is where it starts to get a little bit on the the creepier side, where oh like, really? See, I actually th- I like. Oh, this. I mean, like on Odo's point of view, like Odo is just like. This relationship just feels creepy in general in this scene to me, hmm. where like she wants to talk and Odo's just like, oh god, is oh, she talking see, to me still? I this, don't want to talk. I understand this because I am both of these people at <laughs> different times. <laughs> okay, make it better for me. He is a private man. This is like his worst nightmare. Even if it wasn't Luoxana, just trapped in an elevator. Just probably, anyone. Probably anyone but Kira. <laughs> uh is gonna drive him crazy. Yeah. On top of it, he knows that he's gonna enter melt phase, you know, right. in a few hours. And she is someone who is talking at him when he doesn't want to be talked at. At him and so, not to him. Right. So and he, but he's also he's trying to be polite and nice about it. So he does eventually say, like, listen, you can talk. I am not gonna respond. 
Yeah. Like he makes he sets a very clear sure. boundary about it, and then she basically is like, uh, "I get it, but I'm gonna have to keep talking, otherwise I'm gonna have my thoughts in my head, and I don't want that." You know. Right. So I I can understand both perspectives, and there is a beauty of them actually verbalizing the boundaries of their interaction relationship they're going to have here in the elevator. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I just, I feel like like she's just like pushing him so hard, and and he's like kind of, earlier in the episode, I kind of like how he's nervously resisting. Right. But now he comes to like a straight up like annoyed resisting. Yeah. Which feels a little different and feels like she's now she's not picking up on signals and it gets a little bit weirder. See, I, I felt the exact opposite. I feel like this, in this case, they both expect Explicitly communicated what they wanted from the other person. Yeah. And Luoxana specifically said, I can't do that, but this is what I can do. Yeah. So, like, they that's like a negotiation. That's like a sure. beautiful back and forth. Okay, I'm with you. But, okay, but then what, what she starts talking about is her experience with Damon Tog, which was <laughs> earlier in TNG, where... I like, love it because now it's canonized that they don't... I know that's the thing that really bothers me is that like so if you haven't seen this episode of TNG right. um Loxana and her daughter Deanna Troy are kidnapped and Riker are kidnapped by Ferengi right and she uses like seduction on the the daemon in charge of the Ferengi seduction vessel plus 100 yeah to like kind of make a distraction to right. help them escape and it like she gives him like umaks you right, know right. but it does not appear at all that they made love at right, all right. or like made love had sex whatever it just seems like yeah she was being touchy feely right exactly right. but then in this episode she straight up says like I, I, I had know. sex with him like the first time was for a reason yeah let, let's find that scene well that, do you want to watch it I mean I don't no. mind but I'm just wondering how you're going to be able to find it without seeing the dialogue I think it's of... I think it's like right around here that's the look let's see let's see get, get the audio back real and and kind of uh, yeah this is it no way <laughs> he was so helpless that at first it was totally a question of expediency when i made love with with him what are you looking at? See, at first, at first, it was totally a question of expediency. Yeah, so she so, not only made love with him, but it seems like she enjoyed it and like has fond memories of this guy who kidnapped her, right. imprisoned her. Right. It's really weird. It right. doesn't. It doesn't like. It doesn't track. Okay, I had thought about this quite a bit because I had also <laughs> just seen that other episode. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's season three, Menage Troy. I think. This. This. Why I was do like, I know this stuff? That's a weird. weird wrinkle to this. No, that's because you're. I can't remember there. what I did yesterday, but I can remember the season three, Menage Troy. How'd you forget about the Klingon that appeared as a human in Trouble Troubles with Troubles? I remembered eventually. <laughs> I was thinking of something else. Obviously, the discovery was too traumatic. You just wanted to like. Oh no! Yeah, no, totally. Nothing about this can be anywhere related to Star Trek canon. Yeah, Roy oh, Darvin, except for this I think. Centerpiece. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, it's not. I'm a hypocrite, okay? <laughs> I only want what I like to be canon. All right, I admit it. No, that's fair. I, you that, got me. They you call that a la canon. You, 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 yeah. you pick and choose. Paula, holy shit, what's up, Paula? So good to see you. Oh my god, I missed you. How are you? Star Trek canon is like the Bible. Welcome, you can pick Paula. and choose the pieces that you want, but if you don't accept it all, you're going to space hell. Yeah. That's all. Well, I'm okay with space hell. It sounds cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So this. Okay. Oh, anyway. Let me get to. I was. Okay. So I had been <laughs> wrestling with this because I had the memory that she had been kidnapped. Right. And then you know the broad strokes of it. Ferengi kidnaps this woman. Right. And then they have sex. That is like. That's now canon. Yeah. Very awkward. Very Don't awkward. Like it. But Don't like it. 
one way out of the woods of this is that it's a sexual. Yes, he the demon is a terrible person, and it is a. There's nothing defendable in that. But she's someone. She chooses this. She's yeah. you know she's choosing to go this route in order to get out of this problem. She's she's using. It does Her make sexuality it, take control of the situation. Is yeah, what you're saying. yeah, yeah. It, but it does make it super dark. It makes it. It, it makes it so too dark for me. Yeah. I like. I I'm not comfortable with it. I feel like it was a, and it's not in the original episode. Like uh, nowhere in the original. Like she in the original episode, they could have left it well enough alone. Totally, because like she, she gives just him some umox. Right. Yeah, she just like rubs his head and shit, and like it, it's just not. They've obvious. already established by this hey, point. Hey, go it, girls here. What's up, go girl? Hello. I will not tell your boss. Don't worry. <laughs> and I'm live tweeting to your boss right now. <laughs> your boss follows me. Dear Go Girl Boss. <laughs> it's Paula's boss. Dear Paula's boss. What if Go Girl was Paula's boss? I don't know who any of these people are. Paula would be in trouble right now. Sorry. You gotta know, man. This these is are your the, cool, the cool peeps. You're in charge of the stream. <laughs> in the feed. Yeah, I. You know what? I got it, man. I got it covered. So. So, yeah, it, it adds a dark layer that didn't need to be there because. At this point in DS9, they've also shown that just like uh, Umox will get Quark to, you know, forget stuff or to uh, uh, renegotiate deals not in his favor. Right, right. But so like, it is strange. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. That's like the some writer was like, "Oh, you know what I want? I want to know that those two fucked." I know that's what bothers me. It's like it feels like just retconning by some horny dude who like thinks it's funny. Right. And I mean, she delivers the line so well. Yeah. Like she she de- the way she, let, let, let's just like watch this one more time. Yeah. You can do the reverse ten, don't forget that. Oh yeah, nice. I'll do that. At, at first it was totally a question of expediency when I made love with it, with him. Oh, what are you looking at? Like that—that's yeah. just like acting genius. Like yeah. she, she's just like—it's like she's just thinking of things and saying them. It doesn't feel like dialogue that she's reading. Yeah, she's so good, and it's such a funny moment. And I remember being a kid and thinking it was hilarious. Yeah, and thinking, oh, they had sex, crazy. <laughs> and like as an adult, I'm like, no, 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 no. no that's like she was that's, that's like weird. It almost right. feels like like rapey in a way that. Like, yeah, absolutely. Because she's being held against her will, uh, her will, and then it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, the only saving grace of it that is that it's not that he forced himself on her, that they're portraying it as like this is a, she had sexual agency and chose right. to do this. Right. But this other but, person yeah. put her in this position where right. that it, was the path out. I feel like that's what they intended, but it doesn't work in this scenario and it doesn't yeah. make sense with the character and it just feels weird. It's a lot of Star Trek stuff where they clearly don't think of a broader context for the stuff they're doing. Yeah. Okay, so the ship, the the space station continues to deteriorate, mm-hmm. and then uh, Bashir wants to get petted. <laughs> exactly, and Bashir is like working on trying to fix. What am I saying? Bashir is like trying to keep the ambassadors happy, happy right? And then this shit happens. I'm reading a huge plasma surge in the habitat ring. Here we go. You tell Commander Sisko that I expect that probe briefing to be held on schedule. Lights or no lights. I will surely pass that on, Ambassador. Boom. <laughs> How do we feel about Julian's explosion acting? Shall we see it again? That probe briefing to be held on schedule. Watch Julian. Okay. No lights. I will surely pass that on, Ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> he does a lot of work. Right I fired me in my arm. I, I don't know if he's a good actor or not, but he's definitely working hard. Yeah. You know? I, I think he's an okay actor, but... 
he can't go too far afield. Like whenever right, Rayo Vantica. <laughs> <laughs> the next one he gets possessed again, and he's a little bit better because it's he's just like lightly evil. When is he possessed again? Everyone's possessed in the next episode. Oh yeah, yeah, Jerry Mattis or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's pretty good in that. Yeah, because again, they didn't make it broad. You know who's weird in that though is Cisco. Are we gonna just jump right into that now? No, we're gonna get there <laughs> the right way. Um, We've got four hours of content to fill. I, I don't know why, but we're going to do it. Was that fire coming at him or a cloud of gnats in his hair? <laughs> I'll bet you that the director like tr- told him like, an explosion. And he's just like, whoa, man. And like, okay, uh, an explosion with bugs. <laughs> and that's how they got this performance. <laughs> Axon, yo, Justin, what's up, man? Dude, good to see you. What's weird to me is that Cisco keeps that weird clock. That clock is fucking awesome, and yeah. I want it. Yeah, the really... best thing to ever happen in season one is that Cisco built that clock yeah. while under duress. The, the fact that we'll you talk can, about this. I hope that you can. I haven't looked. There should be a way to buy a kit of that clock. I want it. Yeah, I want. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful clock, and it's there. It's like on his desk or in his quarters or something for the rest of the show. It's I have to like, imagine because in the real world, somebody spent some fucking time on that thing. It's glorious. Yeah. It's like. It's the best thing. Yeah, somebody Google it. I'm busy. I'm <laughs> handling a lot right now. I'm stretching the limits of my multitasking. Um, We're still con- t- talking about the next one. I do love how these ambassadors are like awful to Julian the whole episode, yeah. but then when they're saved in the end, well, this it's one such a nice. Let's just jump to that because we're talking about it. Because this such one a nice does moment. this one does an off-screen resolution. You only see them in the hallway where Julian is futilely attempting. To save them, where right. he's like, eh, the panel. Oh, wait, we have to watch that thing. first. You write the manual thing because this shows that Julian is completely ineffectual. Right. I think that's actually just right now. Let's just keep going. Yeah, I think it comes up in a second. Explosion in corridor H12, a guest quarters. The computers Things are blowing up all over the, the station. Suppression systems are coming online. Hold on. I'll, I'll, the next I'll fix this. Major, you're with me. I order you to fix this. I'm doing a good job of guessing. All right, here we go. Firebugs! Julian trying to open this thing. I gotta do the panel. <laughs> the panel's like barely attached. He's holding it on so yeah. it doesn't fall off. <laughs> I can't do it. And then later, <laughs> later when Cisco comes by and like opens the one from the outside, he's just like, bloop, and opens it immediately. So I, I guess this one is jammed or Bashir has like absolutely no upper body strength. But I love how that panel's just like barely on there. And they like, let's just keep it. It's TV. We'll keep that take. Um, so he, he takes these guys and, and let's let's jump. We got we're gonna come back to the Odo thing because we're gonna end up talking about that for a while. But let's jump to the resolution of this here. Oh, wait, hold on. I gotta go back. We gotta get them coming in. I think it's before this. Systems are back online. Can you get in? Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Boom, baby. <laughs> Easy. Easy, not a problem. <laughs> what is he holding? It's like oh yeah, it's like a fire extinguisher, spackle gun or something. It's like really cool looking. Or oh, fire extinguisher. Or were those the lasers they cut the door? I with? think she has a fire extinguisher and he has a space laser. A caulking gun. I think you're right. I think it's a fire. I think she has a fire extinguisher. It's pretty cool. Or a med kit. We better start. I think I saw like a flame logo on the side. Okay, so this part is this right. is so satisfying. They come out. Um, and guys, let me know if the the volume is mixed well and everything. I've never tried this before with the. What's your head? 
the episode on screen. Every time I watch this, I think Please, he just Call went in there and sexed all these ambassadors up. No! He's like, you know what? Don't ruin it. We're all gonna die. But what if we do some quick bone? I'm gonna put him in for a commendation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone's like, Julian is the best. He's amazing. I think he fixed my back. I love this man. Yeah, they like went in there. They've been awful to him all episode, and now they love him because he saved their lives. No. No, Justin was thinking that too. You you men are disgusting. Men are gross. No, this is like... Ugh, I'm gross. I feel gross. plane's gonna crash. You're like, alright, who wants to do it? But, okay, the there's two things in this episode that are the most interesting thing that happened in the episode, and neither of them are actually shown. One, <laughs> one is, like, what happened in that little corridor for the last however long they've been stuck in there? No! 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 Um, Julian, I love you. Thank you, And two bastard. is what happens to the computer program that Miles O'Brien keeps as his little Tamagotchi pet. Yeah, well, that you know? one is just one that they stick with forever as an unanswered thing. Like, DS9, yeah. till the end of time, right. has some... There's been there's been alien like, interference. There's been like a half dozen like story things so far this season that yeah. were dropped that were yeah. like really important that we need to look at again. Yeah, but that's also I mean again like what happened to Ibudan's clone? Like seriously, what happened to Ibudan's clone? <laughs> He's got you know a new what I'm saying somewhere. Um, by the way, on Stardew Valley, I had to get some new animals. All three of these ambassadors <laughs> are now running around as pigs on my farm. Uh, Taxco and the other two, I don't remember them. Yep. What happens in the Jeffries tube stays in the Jeffries tube. <laughs> Gross. Okay. So the the thing that everyone remembers about this episode is um, Luoxana catching him in her dress. Yeah, Luox. I'm, I'm going to turn the volume off again. We're just going to watch a little bit of this scene. Um, it's okay. So Luoxana has taken her hair off to make Odo comfortable with looking at her while he's like disintegrating with his mud mask. Oh! 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 Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Oh my God! I can actually put this on the screen. What happened? I don't know what's going on right now. Oh, are you ready for this? Back to safety? MyStarTrekCrap.com? I want to see it. No. Advanced. Proceed. Unsafe. We're going in. <laughs> We're going in. Cisco's clock! Oh. Cisco's clock! Look, Paula just sent us this! Wow. Oh, it's just drawings? But still. Obtained at an auction, so someone bought the clock. Oh, these are the designs. These are the original designs, aren't they? This production art for Cisco's production art. Oh, fucking clock. cool, Paula. Good find. Thank you, Paula. Oh my god. Ooh. Look at this. To Du Bois from Rick Steinbach, <laughs> DS9. We got to talk about this in the next episode. Ah, <laughs> oh. that's just stick out a bit so you can turn disc with your finger. So cool. Okay, we're going to come back to this when we get to the clock. Okay. This is great having the monitor capture. It's really nice. Yeah. Thanks. It's very handy. Um, Odo turns to what, mud. What a, what, a, what a still screen right there. Okay, so he starts to turn to mud. And here's the thing, is that she has her wig in her hands that she could catch him in, but instead she catches him in her dress yeah. in a fashion that makes no sense. Like, the physics of what just happened uh, yeah. are, are like, garbage. Yes. This make, I can't tell what's happening. How is that possible? How did that happen? Right. It's like he's falling to the ground, and then she catches him in something that's not underneath him fully? Right. I don't understand. Yeah. I just don't... This is... I don't get it. Yeah. I, I, and listen, it, I am with you... But, but she's holding a wig that she could catch him in. In my memory, she caught him in a wig. Oh, no. Like, that's how I remembered this the happening. The would be too porous. She would just, she would just goop out the sides. Well, it's a dress. Why is that better? 
And how, why, a, why, why is it too porous? Maybe, a, maybe I, I imagine that when Odo is a liquid, he's like a jello-ish goop yeah, that like, like a, could hold together inside of a viscous. wig. Right. This dress is made of the same stuff their like, uniforms are made she's of. She's holding the wig. It's, it's water resistant. Hold him in the wig. Yeah, it it kind of drives sense. me a little crazy, and the fact that you aren't acknowledging the logic of this <laughs> it's also driving is also crazy. driving me crazy. Okay, we watch this. They get out. The problem there was they just filmed uh, Major Barrett like stand here with your dress like that, and they're like, "All right, we're just gonna yeah. make this," work. and then make this. Oh, you're in my dress face. It's just not a. It's a moment that like the. Okay, I mean I'm being a little harsh because the. The feeling of that moment is like I'm gonna, you be vulnerable and I will protect you, right. and that's a beautiful sentiment, right. and it's kind of a, a wonderful thing, but like, they, they didn't need to do the effect the way they did it. They they did more than they needed to. I. This think. is one I feel like they wrote themselves into a corner. They're like, yeah, what? Was she gonna have a purse with her? Is she gonna have had like a? She had like a. A giant or, or maybe, chicken with maybe her she's wearing like a wig or something that's like basically a bucket that she yeah. could put him in. I'd have called bullshit on the wig. No, it's, no, put him in the wig, man. Do you put have him in the wigs. wigs. Yes, I have. I wear wigs all the time. Do you not know me? Do you ever try and pour jello into him though? Dude, it does not work. I have like a wig like in this room. <laughs> Where did I put it? Just I have a wig nearby. I'm gonna pull a wig out and we're gonna fucking look at we're it. We're doing a we're doing a wig pause here. Duh, bam! I know you don't know how to do that. Where's my fucking wig? Somebody's yelling, Jello in the wig! Aaron. I think my wig is upstairs. Maxim. I feel like I feel like I should go upstairs and get the wig. Why don't you do it during the we'll break? We'll do it during the break. <laughs> We're gonna have wig talk after the break, folks. Um, <laughs> I'm literally popping off about this wig right now, okay. Because I think a reasonable argument you made that her dress could actually hold something because it's got like a, you know a, a layer in it where it's it's like their uniform. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna mix up some oatmeal. <laughs> we're gonna get a dress. We're gonna get a wig. We're gonna see which one holds the most oatmeal. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna do this an is experiment. A new project. Yeah. And uh, I think that it'll fit. I think that they will work just as well. I think that that is what it is. Have you noticed there's a giant Darth Vader back there? Oh, no, I have not. Have you seen that? Can you see it? Isn't that creepy? Ooh. Do you see it? It's huge. It's right there. It's like this tall. Behind that speaker. Oh, now I can. It's way far back. Yeah. I was looking on your desk. Isn't I was like, exciting? what is he talking about? Yeah. Oh. I never know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Um... So this is this nice scene that they have together here. Let's let's watch this and see. Let's watch together. Let's see like how we feel about the resolution of this relationship. No, that I can wasn't sum up exactly their resolution. In mind. I'll be back. When it comes to picnics, the only thing that really matters is the company. Your sensitivity and discretion are appreciated. Discretion. We all know you turn into a oh. bucket of goo, you idiot. <laughs> Next time you see me, I'll give you a lot more to appreciate. Yeah, see? She's like, I'm coming back for that shape-shifting D. You're bringing back memories of her coming back. I forgot yeah. about that. They couldn't have more what, what's he? What's he thinking in that moment? <laughs> what a woman. <laughs> I'm going to get to see boobs. No. <laughs> no, he's... I think he is... Yes, he's thinking like, mm, you know what? She annoyed me, but I do like her. I feel like now. he was... I think that there's a part of him that's attracted to her the whole time. Yeah. And that he's never really felt that and doesn't know how to... Sure, it's like, like what it is or how to feel a, it. Being a, you know, 15-year-old. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, he's like a he's like a teenager sexually, but like a grown man. Right. They never do talk about that, like how old, like how many years has passed since they found him as a drop of goo out of right. the wormhole. I remember, like, we meet the scientist eventually who raised him. Right, because that's where he gets his hair his from. His hairstyle yeah. is exactly the same, yeah. I like how he talks about how his hair is, in this episode, he talks about, like, you know, Loxana asks... Is it real? Dr. Mora, yeah. Um, asks, like, is your hair real? He's like, it's real in that it is me yeah. and a part of me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can make individual strands of hair, but I can't make my face not look like a lump of dough. Yeah, but I can't make a nose. Okay, so this computer program that's been ruining the ship let's let's see the let's see what what happens with that here at the very end i'm gonna skip forward oh never mind we're, we're good i didn't he adopted it adopted well i was able to get our friend out of the main command pathways and into a sub program you're yeah. suggesting we leave it in there i don't see why not it's happy it's not bothering us <laughs> dax anymore. is like i definitely well, see why not <laughs> it's just another new life form visiting the station I'll take she care said sarcastically. Make sure it gets enough attention, though. Keep it off the furniture. That's a good it's line. A, it's a good line, but it's also, like, a really ridiculous solution. He's so happy. He is so happy. I'm, I've am i got a new pet! And it, He's so happy about this it. Is, this is the things where you start to see, like, all right, if you, let's start picking at things a little bit. Sure. Clearly. That is literally what we're here for. <laughs> let's take this thing that we love and pick it apart until it makes no sense anymore. Clearly, if DS9 is sending accurate reports back to Starfleet Command, they are either not getting read closely, or they are being read by someone who don't give a shit. Yeah. Because if you wrote back and you're like, oh, yeah, we found this unknown probe from an unknown species in the Gamma Quadrant, jam-packed with, like, a computer intelligence of some kind that came into our system and it started breaking a bunch of shit uh, and then eventually we decided to just let it live in the space station computer. Yeah. It's basically now like the right. this sentient thing is boing, like red flag. The, the pet of our chief engineer. No right. big deal. NBD. Right. NBD. Yeah. yeah. The, somebody should have done a follow-up of like a couple of questions. Yeah, totally. <laughs> what's wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah, well, starting with what's wrong with what's you wrong people. What's wrong with you people? Um, <laughs> man... Well, let's rate this episode. Oh yeah, I love I love having the the episode I up. Can tell, yeah. I really like it. How do I you like, feel about it? I like it too. Yeah, I think we our danger is to deep dive too much into it. Yeah, but I don't know Twitch. Twitch may be happy we just played this and didn't talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the cool thing about this is that I think it still falls within fair use, and I can still post this on YouTube. Yeah, uh, but we'll find out. You're when also I do. Re you're also real good at spotting through and finding stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I got a lot of skills, man. You do. I can't do it. I. I often don't want to go back and like grab a screenshot of something but I can't find them well good. did YouTube flag me uh, no but I, we've never tried this before so we'll find out so we're gonna find out okay back to our way. back to our old view yeah um, voting yeah boop 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 pull up pull up the Google Docs spreadsheet okay folks here we go I have to update my spreadsheet here Jumple Bashkin, <laughs> Mulian O'Shear, Trandy. It's <laughs> a good one. Um, our spreadsheet is hilarious. It's a pretty good spreadsheet. I here. If anyone wants to be in on this spreadsheet, I'm going to post it in the chat. There you go. Okay, now let's let's update it. Season. One episode sixteen. Forsaken. The Forsaken. So why the fuck is it called the Forsaken? 
That does not make sense. Doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. And then episode 16, Dramatis Personae. We're going to get to that. Okay. Douglas Gale. Yeah. Excuse me. Doug Space Nine. Doug Space Nine. Doug Space Nine. Uh, oh, look. People are looking. Fun. Nice. Anonymous Bat and Anonymous Platypus are, are checking <laughs> this out. Um, okay. What rating do you give this? How many bars of gold press latinum do you give this episode out of 10? Oh, boy, this one's probably like a six and a half. Six and a half? Yeah. yeah. It's, I want it to be better, but there was too much, there's too much weak spots. Oh, chat, I need, chat, I have to give you a, sorry, I forgot the straw poll. Chat's going to vote, too. Right. Sorry, I keep talking while I do this. Um, Just vamp, Doug. Ba, 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 ba. I don't vamp. You have something to talk about this time. I don't you have should, a Twitch channel You should be able reason. to do this. I'm no good you at do this. do this, Doug. It's... I wanted this... It, it, classic Star Trek complaint. I wanted this episode to be better, but it just wasn't. It had promise. It had good intentions, but it kind of fell apart. I it, I definitely knocked at least a half a point, if not a whole and a half point, off because of the... the less ideal handling of Luxana that kind of bothered me yeah. where I think if I came into this episode without knowing TNG history and it was just like here's this character I still might have been a little like squeaked out by her but I might not have been as harsh judging the episode yeah. but I don't tend to judge these things I think we've had a discussion about this I don't necessarily solely judge them isolated as a standalone I do judge them in the context of Star Trek in general you know right and I, as someone who is very free with uh, the mutatable nature of canon, <laughs> there are certain More than aspects, me, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But there are certain aspects of characterization that I, I do have a stronger affinity for, in particular a character like Luoxana, you know, hmm. where that, that change was a bridge too far. Like, this episode, I think, easily had in it a seven and a half, but made mistakes enough to, to drop down to a six and a half. Okay. It, it would have been, it would have taken a deep rewrite to get this up to an eight. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I feel like six and a half is about right, but um, I feel like I'm going to dock it a little bit for missed opportunities. Yeah. I really like this episode. I, I really like watching it, and w literally with every episode of Deep Space Nine, as soon as I put it on the screen, and the space station pops up, and I hear boom, 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 like any, any, yeah. any of that opening music, like station log. I'm just like immediately, <laughs> Start it. my immediate reaction is just like, ah, yeah, you know, I just love it. It just well, if fills I me with joy. Discovery for anything, it's that they don't present their opening monologues as personal logs. They do it like once a season, and but it makes me so happy. Yeah. And then season two, they started with like space, the final frontier thing, and I was instantly on board. Yeah. And I hated season one, and like instantly had me with that. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's like station log, you know, yeah. personal log. It just feels so good. I wish so, that's my one complaint for Discovery. Yeah. I wish they would preference. Doug has one complaint for Discovery. <laughs> I, I just, I love the show. I mean, this yeah. show is so good. And my rating is not like TV in general. It's Deep Space Nine. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, yeah. how does this show relate to itself? Right. Um, And like, I, I really like this episode a lot. You get a lot of Odo self-discovery. Loxana's performance is fantastic. But the writing really falls short to me in this one because yeah. I hate that thing about Luoxana making love to the Ferengi. That really bothers me. Right. It like really sticks out as like uh, 
uh, it's like a, a weirdly like sexually exploitive situation played for laughs and I don't like that yeah it's bad enough that especially first early appearance of Luwaxana her character itself is kind of played for laughs like yeah. isn't it funny that this older woman still wants to get some space dick you know yeah, yeah. Uh, so after having kind of um, fixed her character or fleshed it out, this does feel uh, regressive. Like yeah, it's, it, the two steps forward and uh, one big step back. And as much as I enjoy what happens with the ambassadors at the end, the whole storyline with the ambassadors being so like intractable and ornery yeah. is it. It's literally like the most obvious thing you could do. Yeah. It's like ambassadors come, Julian has to watch out for them. Oh, let's make them like sticks in the mud. Right. You know? All different kinds of dicks. Right, totally. And then they all love him in the end because he saves their life. It's it's satisfying thematically and it feels good when you get there. Right. But but it's also kind of like bottom of the barrel ideas. Yeah. And I want more from that. And then even if they'd done that, but then shown those people trapped in that Jeffrey's tube, yeah, or whatever they're called on a Cardassian station, um, John Ray's tubes, like a yeah. uh, uh, tube. Ducat's tubes. <laughs> Ducat's. <laughs> I that I wanted to see so badly, and I, I feel like the episode presented a bunch of ideas that were interesting, but didn't show me any of what I wanted to see, yeah. and then doesn't explain. I, I, literally, the very next episode, the same thing's gonna happen where, like, some weird alien thing gets on the station, but instead of infecting the computer, it infects the people. Yeah. Literally one episode away from this. So, <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's some, like, real shortcomings. Yeah. So, I'm actually gonna give this a... I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a 5.5. 5. Yeah. That's and that's weird, because I really like this episode. Tough but fair, tough but fair. I'm trying to be tough with my ratings, but I really like this episode. Okay, so everyone in chat, there, click that straw poll link to vote, uh, and everyone can vote on the rating for this episode. Um, she is a woman old enough to have been chased around a, a desk or two at the office, probably been sexually harassed before, and you can tap into that for a character. Yeah. Yeah, she's interesting where that, like, I think it's because she can tell what you're thinking... Like, she takes the reins of situations quickly. Well, I can't tell. Uh, are they talking about... Luoxana? No, or uh, uh, Major Barrett herself as a as an actor. Oh. Because there is a differentiation. Oh, there. I think you're right. I think she's saying that about Major Barrett is tapping into that for the R- character. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I, that's something to consider is, like, yeah. what is Major Barrett's experience? Yeah. Uh, how about being on a Star Trek where someone's like, I'm not used to seeing broads on here. Well, I mean, she is Star Trek royalty. She is the yeah, wife yeah. of the creator. Like, sure. people Who also loved her is on the, the set. the horniest horn dog in space? Gene Roddenberry? Oh, my God. Or Gene Roddenberry's, as you Gene like to call him. Gene Roddenberry's, yeah. Dude! Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that, like, his ideas for the Ferengi. Was, which ideas? That they have giant space dicks. Wait, we talked about giant space Did we space talk dicks? about that? Mm, we'll have I, to talk about that sometime. I feel like I remember. What okay. can it be now? <laughs> Gene, Gene Roddenberry's, like, proposal for the Ferengi included describing that they had they were massively well endowed really and, and and had like thongs and other people had to go oh honey no we're not gonna do that i did not know that yeah and then i think it was diana uh troy that he wanted to have her have like six breasts i something. think i've heard that before yeah so it's yeah. just i mean like also look at TOS like that right <laughs> um, yeah Paul you're right she was Nurse Chapel in the original series yeah uh, Rebecca Robain is Nurse Chapel oh, no. not Nurse Chapel sorry number, number one, one yeah. she was also number one in the original pilot right and uh, dude seeing Pike fleshing out 
Pike yeah. has been awesome, and the guy playing him is awesome. So good, so good, so good. I feel like the characterization of Pike is somewhere between Pike and Kirk. He's like Captain Perk. Or- yeah. He's he's a well done version of a classic sixties era, yes. like straight Christian heterosexual white cis male in space. Like right. this is the I'm the no bullshit he, captain. He feels but so not 60s. in a way that's like that's not abrasive. They're not abrasive. They, yeah. they it's, a, it's like a magic trick. What they tried to do in season one with like Harry Mudd and like bringing in some of the feel of the original series to this modern thing. And like shit the bed with it, they yeah. are nailing right now. Yeah, yeah. With Captain Pike. They have to find their sea legs. Nailing it. Yes. It is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, to bring that that weird wonk from the original series. I'm excited to see into what Discovery like a season is, three captain's working. Be. It's cool. You know, like yeah, I start to have like series? a different captain every yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. How fun would that be? That's where those space whips come from. Exactly. <laughs> okay, chat. What did you rate this episode? Let's see. Uh, we got a f- fives and six. Oh, all right. Let's we got to do the math here. I can do that really Has quick. everybody voted that wants to vote? 5.3. 5.3. So yeah, Chad is right in line with, with me. Yeah. And you're and you're high I'm as not, always. I'm high. Oh yeah, speaking of, that break's coming up soon. That is coming up soon. <laughs> I I mean I always got weed in my pocket. Yeah. You you know that about me. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, let's talk about our favorite character in this episode. Yeah, for me, the favorite character, of course, is. Uh, well, we got to da- hold on, hold on, hold. On. We got to, we got to, uh, we got to elect. Oh right, Strapple. Forget about Strapple. It's a favorite character. Favorite character. What am I saying? Favorite. Okay, character. so Luxana. Luxana. Odo. Odo. I, we got to put Bashir. Fine. Um. Uh, O'Brien. O'Brien. Anybody else nominated for favorite character? Uh, Blue Ambassador. I mean, I don't think any of the ambassadors are going to win. <laughs> I feel like we can leave them off. Okay, how about the computer puppy? Computer puppy. <laughs> That's I mean, pretty good. No, like no one else did anything in this yeah, episode. Yeah, totally. Oh, oh yeah, you did put O'Brien. All right, so that's good enough. Okay, chat here. Pile goo. <laughs> if you want to vote for a pile of goo, vote for Odo because he is the pile of He's goo. The, he, yeah, all. Pile of goo votes go to Odo. Um, okay. Doug. Uh, yeah, Luoxana. Daughter of the Fifth House. Luoxana is your favorite character Older in this episode? Older Child of Reeks. Okay. Heir to the something of Betas. Yeah. Heir to the Holy Rings of Betazad. There it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's... It's... She's like one of the most central characters in this, in, in the episode that doesn't have so much... Yeah. Necessarily going on, you know. And I, it's 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 a weak favorite because it's really like, well, the field to me drops off real sharply after this. The only other reasonable choice would be Odo, and obviously, <laughs> obviously, the correct answer is O'Brien. O'Brien, O'Brien is my favorite character in this episode because he's so excited about the computer. He's like, oh, well done, computer. <laughs> it's so adorable. All right, that's fair. I love O'Brien in this episode. Why isn't it picking up? Huh, usually it autofills. Yeah, interesting. Because he's never won before. <laughs> oh, he's won for me like several times. Mm-hmm. Well, how did I write him differently? I just wrote O'Brien. Okay. okay. Well, I'll fix that later. Fix um, later. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to pull some numbers off this spreadsheet because yeah. next week or two weeks from now is gonna be the season finale of season one. Right. Which is very exciting. Uh, okay, chat. Oh, 
DS9 season one only goes to eighteen episodes. Uh, Nineteen, I think. Nineteen. Yeah. You know what's fascinating to me is that we're here at what episode sixteen, seventeen. Uh huh. We're now per episode count, like what is it? Probably episode three of Discovery. Yeah. So if we're just doing episode count, map to map, it's really interesting because I feel like if you step back, you're going to realize like, oh, I did not like DS9 in a level in the same way I also did not like Discovery think of what comes next with DS9 where right. it's you know we're not even it's, a, it's not a bad point and get seasons until Worf shows up yeah there's something I was thinking about with that that we'll talk about in the next episode okay. related to Cisco and his character development you don't remember enough of the series to vote? Well, based off of what you saw today you, you are welcome <laughs> to vote on your favorite character in this episode because it's just episode by episode um, okay so favorite character let's look at the results Loxana with all Ooh, of the votes. Yep. Wow. Okay, Unanimous. chat's going Loxana. Carry the day. And then best performance. Best Oof. performance. Who are we going to nominate? Obviously, we're nominating Same people. Loxana. Loxana. Odo. Bashir. Best explosion acting. <laughs> um, best performance. Cisco. Anyone else you guys want to nominate? <laughs> oh, should we put other? I was thinking about this. Other. Where people yes. can vote other and then we can get if, clarification. If other wins, then we ask them who it is. Yeah. Okay, great. Otherwise, like we it. don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> if you can't muster support for your... <laughs> okay, folks, there you go. Vote on your best performance for this episode. Doug, what do you say? Uh, for me, it's uh, René Aubourgeon. Really? Yeah. Um, listen... I love Luoxana. I do think that Majel Barrett is Star Trek royalty. I don't think she's that great of an actor. Really? I really don't. I am falling on the other side of the fence on yeah. this one. I I love her character, and it, I mean, I adore her character. Uh, but there's just... I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll sing a different tune when I watch some more Luoxana coming up. But there's always something about... Major Barrett's acting that feels mm, not quite. There's like it's like there's just a level missing for me. I completely disagree, and she's actually my vote for best performance in this episode. Mm, interesting. Like this, we talked about like the subtlety with which she delivered that line about right. the Ferengi. I I really don't like what they yeah. made her say, but the way she says it is so good. Yeah, and she like walks on screen and just like takes takes the scene. Yeah. Always. Yeah. She's like just a force on screen as this character. Yeah. And you know, I really liked her as Nurse Chapel and as number one in the original series and she shows mm. range with that because um, she's so different, you yeah. know. I, I think she's a fucking awesome actress and I, I, she definitely for me has the best performance in this episode. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Majel Barrett for me. Yeah. And then chat, what do you say? Oh, Paula says to Shatner for you, Doug. Too Shatner, too much Shatner. Too, who's too Shatner for? Who's me? too Shatner? Let us know, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, looking at the results. Well, wow, oh. O'Brien, O'Brien wins best performance. It's got to be Shatner. Uh, uh, is is Major Barrett too Shatner? Oh, is Major Barrett too Shatner? Maybe I'm just I'm guessing. Well, here oh, I'm trying to totally. Guess. I'm trying to yeah. tie what we were talking about to the comments. Why is this not autofilling? Mm. Wait, no, his name is Colm Meany. That fills. Great. Yeah, that fills. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Uh, 
Well, we've done it. One episode down, one to go. As always, we're going to take a nice long break. So, yeah. Oh, do you want to pop up the stretch your legs episode meme for this one? Oh, yeah. I didn't download those yet. Or do you want to get them on the break? And then Let, let's do it now. Okay. I don't know how things work. So, yeah. Doug I'm makes... I'm not good Doug is at not good. Twitch streaming. <laughs> Doug is not good. At Twitch stuff. Is this the one or the no, other one? the other one. Okay. I'm not reading it yet. Okay. I will see this when you see this chat. <laughs> okay. I make a meme for each of the episodes. Yes. I try my hardest to make it contextual for the episode when possible. So it's not just random and to use screenshots from the episode. But sometimes I cheat. How do you cheat at making a meme? Where you just like take a screenshot that's not from the episode we watched. So it's just oh. it's just a DS9 meme. You bastard. Yeah. Um where is this it? This is it. Ready for bed. You ready for bed, yeah. That's too big. Shrink that shit. What do we got? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Me ready for bed. Smoke one weed. Outline a nine part sci fi fantasy radio play. Let's solve the Voynich manuscript tonight. Past mistakes that must be dwelled on for a few hours. Not hitting you? I don't get it. This is me, ready this, for bed. Uh huh. And then that's Julian. Oh, that's representing Julian. Smoke one smoke weed. Smoke one weed. And then what did smoke one weed bring up? Oh. Those things. And then that's my face now. Oh. When it's clear, we are not going to bed because we are super baked. <laughs> And we're like, okay. you know what? I'll bet I could solve the. the I, I'm with you. The I'm Voynich you manuscript now. tonight. I don't yeah. know what the Voynich manuscript. This one's over my head. Though. Oh, well, the manuscript. That's like a. But the other you've, stuff is reasonable. It's basically like you've managed to go over my head, which is really not that hard. I'm smoke pot, smart. and then get lot like. You know what? I'm wondering what about Bulgarian history. You know, <laughs> it'll start off with me looking up something like Amanda gets it. It's me that's the problem. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what she, that's Paula is clarifying. That is what she meant. Is uh, that okay. her performance is too shy in her view? Not quite, but she's right in the same ballpark. She is, that's interesting. I've never thought about that, but she yeah. totally is. I really like that. All right, you guys, we're gonna take a break. Doug oh, is needs dead. a smoke. He smokes American spirits, and they're slow. So we'll be back in ten. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get a wig. I'm gonna get some fresh tea. <laughs> some oatmeal. We're gonna do some wig talk. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm gonna leave you with Cowboy Data. And the next episodes to watch for the next episode of Doug Space Nine in two weeks is gonna be um, Duet and In the Hands of the Prophets. Ooh. Duet is, by my memory, the absolute best episode of this season and one of the best episodes of Deep Space Nine, so fucking watch it. And then In the Hands of the Prophets, I don't remember at all what happens in that, but it's the season finale of season one, so that's exciting. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the channel, those are your badges down below and your emotes. And then, of course, all my patrons are listed up there. All your support, super, super appreciated. You guys are fucking rad. We'll be back in a few. Love y'all! We're back. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> and I found a wig! <laughs> okay. I mean... Yeah. So, okay. So here's the thing. It's like... There's like a porous... Thing. Mm -hmm. But then there's like all of this hair underneath. So, I mean, it's like... The, yeah, it would definitely like leak, leak with through, right. water. Right. It would like definitely leak with water, but... Probably Odogu. But I feel like Odogu... It's gonna like would have just as much a chance to be it's, okay. It's gonna seep through. But, yeah, but a shirt's gonna fucking leak just as much as, 
Yeah, yeah, but these are like they're like Starfleet uniforms. Where she was wearing a dress. Yeah, but it's got to be made by the same material. No. Or at least listen. No, you're grasping a, a little bit. No, no, no. Okay, I feel like if if a if a dress would work, a wig would work. Because I don't think that he's as thin as liquid. I think he says I turn into a liquid. Right. But I think what he means is I turn into a goo. It's a goo. It's like silly putty, but right. it's like somewhere between like uh, like water and silly putty. I All think. Right. And I, I, I I'm feel willing like, to concede that if I feel like this wig if could a dress hold could it. Work, a wig could Go work. girl is siding with me. <laughs> um, You're fired. Let's just hear from people in chat. Would would Odo have been better off in a wig or in a dress? Ooh. I'm gonna wait till they answer. What if he needed more room? What if the dress and the volume? Some spillage, yeah. Like what we didn't see is he's like he gooped into the wig, and then it's like oh overflow. <laughs> Since you had to drop the wig real quick, and let's just read what chat says: dress, 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 dress. <laughs> dress. <laughs> Fuck you guys! It's the wig! It's the wig! Come on! <laughs> this has been Wig Talk with Jesse and Duck. Look, how I'm just imagining like uh, dress made no sense, right? So we got two for dress. And then me and Go Girl, so three for dress right. and two for wig. The wigs have it. <laughs> no, it's like uh, politics in the 1700s so. again. Yeah. <laughs> it's the wigs versus the Tories. <laughs> it is not a dress, it is a wig! It is a wig! I'm just gonna wear this now. Yeah. Well, now that I have this, I'll start back. wearing funny wigs. Yeah. Let's, we should just do this in uniform. <laughs> okay. Are you guys ready to move on to. Episode 17? That yeah, right. 17. Dramatis Personae. What a weird episode. A remake of the last episode. Yeah. Like, what if the last episode but people instead of computers? Yeah, totally. So, oh, yeah. So many let's, questions. Let's just pop on the beginning and see how this one starts. Because I don't remember what the captain's log is. Are you, are you ready? We can beam over to inside the space station. Oh, yeah, sure. Ready? Uh, <laughs> that's the beaming noise. There we go. <laughs> Okay, how's this start? Captain's log. No captain's log. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Come in. Oh, right. This starts with, uh... Commander, I just received word now, her turn to okay. be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what? I'm prejudging these people. Yeah, so there's these people that are, um... If you put a dress on your head, does it become a wig? Look, Justin is just trying to, like, create harmony there's, within there's our community. Yes. That's good. Um, and yes, it does. No. So, no, it does not. Uh, <laughs> it's either a hat or a wig. <laughs> I will not stop fighting about whether or not a dress can be a wig. We, I have to put this down. I have to be okay with, like, knowing I'm right and just letting it go. It belongs in a towel. It becomes a towel. It becomes a towel. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, dressing head could be a turban. Turbans are hats, though. That checks out. <laughs> What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> How this episode starts. Okay, so uh, Kira's really upset because there's uh, this species that is... The Valerians. Valerians, is that right? They're running so. Ruppens-grade Dolomite during the <laughs> occupation uh, to the Cardassians. So they are an enemy of Bajor, basically, and they want to dock at the station, and she's really upset about it. Uh, that whole subplot that goes kind of throughout the episode does not really tie into the plot just a little bit well it does though it does, does. It? yes because i at first was like what but this second rewatch i realized like oh it's integral because it sets them against each other you're right sure before yeah. they get possessed 
Right. There Cisco has to be is something like, for them to fight about that is Bajor related. Right. Which because, would make her say, we need him out so we get a new commander in who, who we can control. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, the general gist of the episode is that eventually their their minds are all poisoned by yes. something that cr- causes them to act out a centuries-old scenario. Yeah. But through the lens of their current situation, they're not like... Yeah. There have been other episodes, I think in Star Trek has done this this plot, where you basically become the other long-deceased people, and then you're you're actually doing their things and speaking their things. Right. Where this is not. This is... Right, right, right. You're, you're just taking the flavor experience. of it. Yeah. Yeah. The Which outline. is kind of cool. Like, the, the idea that there's this, like, telepathic imprint of conflict that when imprinted on our cast, it develops into a extension of that which is a new conflict based right. off of the actual situation and also clock building. Yes. <laughs> well cuz what I was thinking about this is that the character that Cisco inhabits must have been the leader of this particular group of people that are long dead right. and he had an obsession with clocks and he was this volatile leader sure. and yeah. you know O'Brien's character in the original story was the like obsequious sort of Defender, or the the not obsequious, but like the power behind the throne that right. was really looking to take his own thing, and then right. you know Kira was the the rebellion or the paranoid rebel. Yeah, leader. so they just fall into those right. roles in this in this scenario, in this scenario with Bajor right. and all that. So they're yeah. taking I like that their I mean, obsessions and their yeah uh, uh, peculiarities. Yeah, so like the premise of this is that they get infected by this thing, and then they just go a little bit crazy towards the end of the episode, and they're not really themselves anymore, right. and they're all like. Like high drama Shakespearean acting coming right, into play, right. so like I will not deal with that. You know, it's like all this crazy shit. Everyone um, gets to dial it up to eleven. To, and uh, dude, Avery Brooks goes up to thirty. Oh, yeah. He like really goes off the chain. <laughs> it's great. But, so the premise of this is really fun and gives the actors a chance to kind of stretch their their muscles or whatever. Yep. But the execution of it for me is 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 where it's like a little disappointing because it really takes a while to build to that yeah. and it's immediately obvious that something is wrong with Jadzia like uh, right. let, let's jump to that so they find the probe right or no it's not a probe it's, it's a, a they beam a, a Klingon car- they beam a Klingon on board and let's get his his beam in because it's pretty cool oh this, this is the a Klingon time. like comes through the wormhole there was a Klingon ship that wasn't due back yet and he comes through in a shuttle ship blows up and yeah and his ship is about to explode and he like beams over let's see that right here Oh yeah, nailed it, Mr. O'Brien. Something's interfering with the rematerialization process. I love this. Lock on to with transporter signal. Try boosting the annular containment. Field. Actually, I need to back up what? because as he beams off, let's interfer- talk about the logistics of this. Just as it right. He beams off before it explodes. Right. So he just beamed He'd off. He'd already beamed, yeah. And with now the they're picking up his signal. signal. Right. A little bit of a delay there. So he beamed off to nowhere. He's in space, just like in the buffer. So apparently, like, his signal can just go into space and O'Brien can pick it up. That doesn't make sense. This is what I'm. Oh, I did the. I rewound it for you. You're going to rewind it. Oh, shit. Trying to pause. (laughs) Keep rewinding. (laughs) I was trying to pause. Um. Oh, I had it for a second. Oh, the reason there's a delay is that the, the. So his ship's about to explode. The Klingon hits the like emergency beam out button, okay. so that he's going to get beamed out, and then the beam signal comes to DS Nine, and their computer is negotiating. They're like, "Hey, I got this Klingon I thing I want to so, beam though, in," and the computer's like, "We're well, definitely not going to beam them to ops. I'll beam you to the brig, or maybe to sick bay, 
And then the beam signal's okay. like, okay, no, maybe. I definitely so, want to be beamed to ops. And so, so there's the like a... The only way that that's possible is if DS9 does not have shields up all the time. Which like, they, it probably doesn't, actually. It doesn't, right? Because yeah. we've talked about this, like, why don't they always have shields up? Right, it's and they like don't. It's power and expense. Yeah, like, they always have to put shields up in an emergency, so I guess right. they wouldn't have their shields up. Well, so that does make sense that a, that he could beam to their... Like, maybe they have, like, an open beam well, system or something. Well, yeah, I'm sarcastic explaining the... But I'm buying it. Two things. One, why is there a huge delay between the ship exploding without them, like, cutting in a way that it, it, it implies a time shift... Yeah. Like, no, the ship has exploded, and then we sit around and wait for a, a several beats before the beam, which is instantaneous transportation right. uh, by definition, shows up in off. But what you're saying is that, like, his transporter signal went into the buffer of DS9, well, and they, you have to, like, accept it or deny it. Basically, maybe. yeah. yeah. And, and it's I'm, like, will you accept uh, email from Klingon? <laughs> it is Klingon. It is the Klingon. Unknown sender. Email. Yeah. He got sorted to their spam. spam. It's like the Klingons <laughs> go to the spam folder the for beaming, the transporter. Right, the transporter <laughs> spam filter. Because, one, it doesn't make any sense that there's a long delay. Two, it does not make any sense that any rando can beam to ops. Right. That's insane. Right. That is tactically insane. But I choose to accept it, because why the fuck not? So, okay, so he beams on. I'm ready to transport a signal. This is is my next favorite thing. Annular containment field. I love how he... Beams the beam signal on. Yeah, exactly. Something's interfering with the rematerialization. But it doesn't process. make sense. Of course Lock it doesn't. With our transporter signal. But I like Try it. boosting the annular containment field. I'm already there. <laughs> Try you you did that exactly field. wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm doing something on purpose. Oh, okay. Never mind. I apologize. I thought you were trying to pause. That's good enough. This is okay. this is a Star Trek first. The double beam. The double beam. <laughs> this is where they've beamed beamed material. Yeah, he locked on to beamed material. Or he locked. He, this Klingon should the transport signal. It's it. This this oh. Klingon should come out of the transporter looking like goo. He should look like Odo. Odo. Like right before he needs to regenerate. <laughs> he should look like the the oatmeal version of Odo. He should look like Voke. <laughs> Um, oh, we didn't do mushroom ratings on the last episode. Jermaceon, what's up, man? Um, um, which is fine. We, yeah, well, we let's mushroom to... rate it real quick. It's 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 what it's low, like four or five. This, yeah, it's nothing. I think no, I think that it's a twelve because <laughs> I think that the idea that you have a wig and you could <laughs> and you could beam or not beam, what am I <laughs> say? You have a wig in your hands and you could like put your your friend who's turning to liquid in your wig, but oh. you choose to catch him in your dress. I'll give that's you this. a twelve. Well, no, this is why we're probably up to a seven because it's it's the sit- always whenever Odo's mass mysteriously disappears. Right. Whenever like you know right. probably just charitably 180 pound Odo is now light enough for someone to like hold in their dress right. without sagging. It's That's a 12. Crazy. Dude. Yeah, it's a 12. Okay. So this okay. year. Yeah, now we can talk about this. Double Star Trek beam is. <laughs> double beam! Off the mushroom scale. That's. Yeah, nuts. this is off the, the transporters scale. are already a hard thing to grasp. Right. But now that they can beam while being beamed, right. why doesn't this come up where they're like, someone's trying to beam onto our ship? Well, beam their beam into space. Oh, yeah. they've got a backup beam. Right. <laughs> you know, it should just be this escalating beam technology. Yeah. Justin asks, what is the mushroom scale? The oh, mushroom scale is how you... Yeah, you this was your thing. You this is how it. you judge uh, the 
uh, hard sci-fi versus space magic right. of Star Trek. Because on the a mycelial scale of- network is utter nonsense space magic. It's like does not fit into the universe or make sense at all. Or it is very much in line with Star Trek because, as we can see, many Star Trek episodes are off the mushroom scale. Right. But it is named because of the uh, right. Discovery's Mycelial Network. But for some reason, Odo is the barometer of the mushroom scale because his... Well, for you. <laughs> for you! you, you you've you said before no, Q that... is my... Oh, maybe I'm thinking yeah. of Q. Yeah. yeah. Odo, uh, Odo is just a frequent violator of the mushroom scale, like yeah. when he turns into glass. Yes. And breaks. And also... When he's in her dress, where's his communicator? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a... I don't know. So a litmus test of ridiculousness, exactly, Justin, yeah. yeah. And trying to quantify it, and it's sort of a hokey scale where it's like numbers up until you get past like seven or eight, and then we just start doing infinite or 13 or... Yeah. Um, yeah, Jamison, that's a good point. I can add an uptime command. I don't have it yet. Sorry, I said yeah, but I did not hear the last thing you said. I don't know what that <laughs> I got means. distracted. Oh, it's just I'm going into more details than needed on the mushroom scale. Why wouldn't futuristic wealthy clothing be waterproof? Thank you. I feel like... The- well, why wouldn't futuristic wigs be waterproof? It would be. Well, because the wig is hair. The, my point is that the wig itself, the nature of the wig is individual strands of hair. Yeah, but you'd have to decide to put... But look, like there's also like a mesh inside. Yeah, and this, this, this is, is why, like a shit wig that I bought from a... This so is she's why I'm, using like a high quality wig. I, it's probably just as like porous as her dress. Probably. But you need it to breathe. <laughs> yeah, but... but this is why I'm willing to compromise. All right, here's the thing. The same material that you would use in the dress. Go Girl and I are going <laughs> to leave and start our own podcast, all right? Splinter. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> so double beaming. Good luck, Doug. <laughs> Good luck. Vamp, <laughs> Doug. ba 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 All right. Um... You got nothing. I got nothing. You got dead air. All right. I'm back. I'm back because I walked away and I heard dead air. And, it, <laughs> and I'm like, I can't stand for this. Next time you're like, Vamp, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> Vamp is just going to be code yeah. for do nothing. <laughs> you leave and I'll just do... <laughs> and then someday we'll have thousands of people just watching me sit silently. That would be incredible. Yeah. That's now my new life goal. All right, let's watch this guy die. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, thank you. Uh, double uh, beaming is... That double beam... It's as good as a skeletal... It inflamed my hemorrhoids. <laughs> Severe <laughs> hemorrhoid in- inflammation, you know? Wait for it. Victory. <laughs> and he's dead. Yeah. And then now... Bloom your beams. <laughs> it's a... Airborne virus of some kind, then, because now they're infected. Uh oh. Let's pause on. What's what's what do we want to pause on? Let's pause on Klingon. No, let's pause on wormhole. Mm. I've lost. I've lost control, you guys. <laughs> You're getting this. Is, this was to me the danger of this is where you get too. Yeah. This, it's happening. I'm yeah. just gonna fucking ask around the station. Ask around the station. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> no, this is a good. These are great pauses because you get funny good. facial expressions. Yeah, totally. So this also brings up the issue—not the issue, but the the point of 
the character Jadzia is is in, inhabiting or is inhabiting her. Oh yeah, someone this who's is just like, like not a total fuck up. Yeah, yeah. She like immediately loses all of her intelligence. Right. She's just like I don't know whatever. Yeah, that and kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So she what, just like became like simple. For what some I reason. took well, what I took it to be is could be like some like older person who is just like. I just want to tell war stories, you know? Maybe. I've uh, Working for the state, you get someone in a meeting where you're like, we get to meet about this thing, so it's like, oh boy. I remember when this f- system first came online. And like half the meeting is that dude going through all of these old, ah, yeah. uh, does anyone in here remember Carol? Remember when Carol used to work here? Yeah, I mean, let's look at this moment that happens pretty quickly here, I think. I think it's at the end of this scene. Yeah, it's right here. Lieutenant? Yes. You coming? Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's obviously, obviously something has happened. Like, she's acting totally different than normal. So this brings up a point that I have constantly had about Star Trek, is given the realities of the universe based on, like, say, 90s Trek alone. So at this point in time in their history... People should be hypersensitive to anyone acting even a I little know. bit off. That's exactly what I but was thinking. But they just let they it slide. It. And then you get a lot of Odo like watching people do weird things and then going. Odo gets a pass because Odo has minimal experience with Federation he, he, and he, and you know like space magic bullshit. The Federation itself, part of being the Academy, should be fucking with their minds. Like, yeah. as simulation. Like, you should be in class, and your teacher should slowly go insane in front of the classroom. You so know, you should be you able should, to say, this is what it looks like when an alien virus gets inside of a person and changes their personality. Literally it happens all the time. Anything happens. Like, it shouldn't take Picard, like, leading sing-song stuff in <laughs> 10 forward to realize that he's been replaced and he's in jail. But on everyone's like, hmm, yeah. this is odd. Is except for the fact that it happens... Seven times a year, every year. It keeps happening over and over again. Right. Like, if I was running the academy, I would say, like, okay, I would be in charge of weird shit. Yeah. I would be the mushroom professor. Where, (laughs) okay, so today what's going to happen is when they go into their class, we've replaced, we've installed a holodeck in their class, so they open the door, and immediately when you open the door, it's onto, like, a fire planet. You just open yeah. the door and you're like, oh but my god. It's kind of like Wesley's They do the one test. test yeah. Right? But the test is more like bad things happen. I yeah. want tests for like, no, 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 not bad things happen. Fucking weird things happen. Yeah. Crazy weird things happen. Yeah, I, I... People's personalities change for no reason. And as an audience member, you know immediately what's going on. Because you've seen Star Trek before. Star Trek. And it's like, You're more familiar the time. with the reality of their right. world than they are. Totally, yeah. And that's frustrating. Like, that feels... That's my frustration with the first half of this episode. Like, when everyone's lost <laughs> it, I enjoy myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kira... Like, the sods of di- the seeds of discord between Kira and Cisco are planted. And right. Cisco's she's acting a little bit weird. But I love that Quark is not acting he's that not, strange. Well, he's not affected. Yeah. Yeah, he's not affected at all. But then this happens. Then this I'm happens to Odo. Tremble. Their exact words. Oh, I'm a little early. Odo intimidates the witness. There it is. Oh. Wait for it. Wait for it. And loaves of bread come out of his face. (laughs) And then Odo passes out. And then, okay, look. Skip forward. 
He's passed out. He's passed out in sick bay. And he's still and his he's shape. still his shape. He's still his shape. Why does that make sense? He should be a puddle of goo in a wig. It right. doesn't make sense. Yeah, and he like wakes up and he's like, "What's wrong? Why are you upset? Am I okay?" He's it's just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Well, and what's funny about this is Bashir's literally doing nothing. Yeah, and he knows that it's nothing. He's like, "What's wrong with me? I don't know. Can I don't you know. tell me." It's, it was actually kind of funny. I did enjoy this scene because Bashir. He's a goo. He, there's no, there's no life signs. I mean, there. I mean, there's no like biometric like heartbeats and things like that right. that you could necessarily. See. He wants like, to like pull him through his scanner. To, yeah, I just want you to. I want to pour you through out. this thing. I'm like, um, are my hands my hands? Why am I not goo? Oh, yeah. Like, lazy writing this time. Am I in this? Am I in the same shape? I guess this is his home shape, though. Like he is a changeling, mm-hmm. but he has a home shape. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a pile of goo that he has to turn into every 18 hours. That's and if they changed shape. uniform, he would probably show up in this one accidentally every day. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, I forgot. It would change my fucking uniform. Um, I, we got to look at... My favorite thing about this episode is that every time Odo leaves a room, he does this, like, over and over. He's, like, on his way out, I'd love to see them and he stops to look at someone. Time, <laughs> like, wait for it, wait for it. Oh, you know, he, he was saying he's Columboing? There it is! Yeah. There it is! He does it like over and over and it cracks me up. Yeah, they're signaling to the audience. Yeah. There's something weird happening here. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It is so funny. It like (laughs) I really, really love it. Um Yeah, you get like you start to get people put in different places, like uh you get O'Brien and Dax on the shuttlecraft. Right. And that's when I started thinking, oh my god, this is like if Survivor were Deep Space Nine. Right, because it's, it's like all alliances. Just, who are they going to vote yeah, out? Yeah. All alliances, like whose side are you on? Without getting into any specifics. Right. And it just kind of, well, like it's this feeling overtakes everyone that they need to like get divide. into sides. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's smart because if you were slowly building alliances, you don't want to tip your hand yeah. and then have the other person go back to who they truly are aligned with yeah. and let them know. So I, right. I did like... I did like that escalation. I did think I that, that was too. handled well. I, I do too. I think that the lack of specificity in the end kind of hurt this episode because you get a lot of time of people being like, like something's wrong with them. We know that. We know it's going somewhere, but the show has not acknowledged it yet. Right. For too long for me. And it just starts to feel a little like ridiculous. Let's, yeah. just, let's look to the next time. Oh, okay. I, I want to find another. Odo leaving a room because <laughs> they crack me up. Um, oh yeah, this whole okay, this scene where Jadzia. Oh right, because it's just like it's dopey here. Dopey possessed Jadzia. I must be living correctly to be so so blessed. And then Quark this, is is being extra like <laughs> extra creepy. Ladies, I swear this is mirror universe, Kira. It's like I was gonna. Era. I was gonna raise this point: is that this episode is like an excuse to do a mirror universe thing. That's okay. the, the yeah. entire purpose of this episode is to do this sort of like everyone uh, as uh, outside of their box characters. Yeah, and she is a hundred percent the intendant throughout this. To- the intendant. That's yeah. the word I could and remember. Right, right now, she's only possessed. Kira is only sort of sexualizing her manipulation. But like, she definitely like, is. But she definitely, definitely is there. But as the intendant, as someone who lives that life the to their fullest, hundred yeah. percent. I and I wonder if like the idea for the intendant came from this episode and watching her perform this. Yeah, could I, be. Wanna, let's watch this real quick. Sure. You know what they say. And you mean have me talk over the entire the show time? <laughs> sure. 
or put the left foot first into the bathtub. What does that mean? To, you know, be careful when you... understand. But what I really meant was... Don't make a step if you're gonna fall. Are you happy? That's not a question I get asked very often. Oh, but it should be. In my opinion, you are the most valuable officer on the station. <laughs> they keep making Jadzia play dumb. Thanks. Yes. It's weird. Yeah. That drink looks so good, though. <laughs> that is the most awkward moment in this entire episode. They stare at each other for so long. Because she's being flirty. One, two, three, four, five. Quark. <laughs> it's like a straight five or six seconds yeah. where they're just staring at each other. It's a hard awkwardly. stare. Yeah. Because yeah. she's, she's trying to win over the dopey version of Jadzia. I mean, we're, like, almost halfway through the episode. Okay, here's her, like, right up on Jadzia's oh, this neck here. Relative anyway. Right, right. This, and this, she hasn't thrown Quark I'm yet, right? I don't think so. One way or the other. See, now she's, like, serious. Don't force me to get rid of you as well. Uh-oh, Quark overheard. <laughs> Also, this is another example of like they're overdoing it as far as like court gasping. Would you like to join? I feel like you'd keep a shit together, but I get it. It's shocking what to hear them here. Nothing. Nothing at all. That's a good stunt double. And that made me wonder right there was was her, was it implied that she, her strength has increased because she's leaning over a counter and lifting Quark up. Maybe. And then tossing him. Maybe he doesn't weigh very much. That's still a lot. Maybe Ferenginar has low gravity. <laughs> and she's he's got brittle bones. Uh, yeah, I mean, all this stuff is, like, kind of fun, but... Yeah. The real fun of this episode, I think, is Odo and Quark kind of being the straight men inside of this... Yes. ...insanity. And, and Odo playing along is really fun. And, like... I feel like Acknowledging that, that something weird is happening. Like, this... I'm gonna turn the sound off and put on this next scene. This whole scene... <laughs> He has a neck brace. He's definitely not injured. Like he's he definitely he's hamming it up. Like when he walks out of here at the end and like chases Odo and screams. Yeah. Like for some reason this whole scene, like here, let me turn the sound on for a second. He's like gasping. Right. I really I couldn't tell her. It's like his neck injury makes talking hard. Um, like is he filing charges with the future uh, with the idea that eventually he's going to file a lawsuit so he has to get the charges down first yeah it's I don't know yeah he wants he wants compensation uh, Justin says do the people watch Star Trek spot the points where someone somewhere started their slash fiction <laughs> yeah totally yeah totally I was thinking about that with something the other day and I don't remember what it was I'd ship it yeah ship all of it <laughs> ship it all um Let's see how Odo the leaves, sort it out. leaves the room at the end of this scene. I want to skip forward. Oh! <laughs> right, see, now he's... Oh, wait, I went too far. Okay. He's back to moving fine. Yes. I suppose you are. I like how Odo leaves rooms. <laughs> it's time I had a talk with Cisco. Odo, wait! No look back for Quark, I think. Because oh, no. Quark's not acting out of character. Yeah. Wait! Odo! Odo! Now it's clear that he's faking it. Yeah, totally. But he, also, like, adjusts it like it's not even needed. It's also... So, I mean, I get it, but it's like, that's hokey Star Trek jokes. Like, oh, he's got a neck brace. Like, the classic sign of fake whiplash, you know? <laughs> okay, 
Odo just talked to O'Brien in Cisco's office. Right. He's leaving. Let's see if he looks back. Where they acted paranoid and weird. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! That's a good one! That's a good one! <laughs> I love how he does that. It's such a great character choice. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna leave a room. What are they thinking as a room? You know? It's I'm so good. I'm skeptical that what just happened. Um, okay, he's on the surface makes sense. So he goes to talk to Cisco, and Cisco like doesn't give a shit about what he's saying, and is working on this thing. And this moment is so good. Look, isn't it? Well, what is it? Yeah, uh, back up. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we're there. That's what he's there for. What do you think? <laughs> I love it. What's funny to me, though, is <laughs> Odo reacts as though he had just said a second head or a ball. Well, I think because he's like, oh, God, you're crazy. He's like, you've maybe lost it's, your Maybe mind. it's the way he said it. <laughs> a clock. It's, is that good acting or bad? Chat, we need some votes here. Uh, <laughs> is that good or bad acting? Because I can't tell. I still think it's good. I think that I think that Avery Brooks makes choices. And I think he makes really bold choices, and and uh, I like it. I think it works. I definitely understand how other people look at it and go, "Oh God, no, that's bad acting." Yeah. I would say to someone that thinks it's bad acting on his part, to me, that is, it's um, bad. You don't like his choices. You think he's making bad choices. Mm -hmm. I still think acting he is doing the thing that he's trying to do right it's whether you like what he did or not yeah We're I, mean, like, I, I kind of like it you know? it's like he made a bad choice when he was right <laughs> but he also didn't do it well you know okay what I mean? like yeah, yeah 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 it's there's a difference like yeah you're an actor you can choose a thing and i think cisco chose a thing cisco i think avery brooks chose a thing and then also implemented well i think yeah. other people say oh they don't like the choice that he made but I think those people have to acknowledge that he still acted it well. Or right. or I'm wrong, and there's people like, he makes bad choices and implements them poorly. Like, okay, if his choice is, like, I'm playing a person who's, like... Insane. Insane, then let's see what, what we it? think. Right. That's... It's so good. It's beautiful. It's just so good. He's got... The, the shake in his neck. Watch, watch what happens to his jaw. And it's not just his neck. What is it? Yeah, there's like a yeah. he like he has he like the recoils. smallest of crazy person orgasms. Yes, at that moment. One more. Give me one more. <laughs> what is it? A clock. And a he clock. just looks so proud, and yeah. Odo's like, "Oh shit!" I think I I think that's I think that's great. I think it's, yeah, it's, I'm I'm sold. I the thing with Avery Brooks is that like. I can see how a lot of his choices would rub people the wrong way. Yeah. But I, I, I'm kind of with you that he's like making choices and then just sticking them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I respect that and Even, I like it. And I have a theory about uh, Benjamin Cisco from watching these last two episodes that I think has been present all season that I did not pick up on until recently is that he's depressed. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that he's like in a depression that he's been in since his wife died. Right. Because in the first episode, you see him being like, 
jazzed and like mm-hmm. uh, excited when he's in that vision with his wife on that planet. It's the only time you see him like up. Right. And the rest of the time he's just like ho hum, like oh I have to do this job and oh I have to talk to these ambassadors. You know, right. he's always that way. And it, it, today I realized like he's depressed and going through the motions. Yeah. And then when you think about that in the arc of the whole show and like his relationship to the prophets and right. like what he's gonna you know do and sacrifice. And then the war that's coming, it, and the person he, he becomes, I think, like, he never becomes if he hadn't lost his wife and gone through this depression. Right, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 For better or for worse. Right. And I, I think it's just really interesting and kind of, I think, very much acted out the whole season yeah. long that he's, like, in this depression. And I, I never picked that up before. Cisco, as a character, and Avery Brooks' choices acting him, uh, uh, involve a lot of passion. In yeah. a way that I don't think the other commander or the other captains in previous shows were shown as necessarily right. being com- a passionate right. people. Where that kind of makes him in some ways volatile. Yes, you know, totally. And also, there's an undercurrent of Cisco, the sadness, the depression. I think an argument could be made that at this point, he really is only living for duty and for his son. Yeah, like that's those are the two things. I agree. That totally. like if something happened to Jake. Or if, you know, uh, he wasn't this, or if Jake didn't exist, or if Jake died in that accident, I feel like he would have committed suicide or have been, like, just dropped out of Starfleet entirely. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Amanda says, just think about how many times Brooks practiced that clock line in front of a mirror. (laughs) Once, because that dude fucking nailed it in one. A clock! (laughs) Did I do it? Was it good? There's that extra... (gasps) Yeah. This is, this is a little shudder. Later on, he does a thing that um, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, uh-huh. he, he's playing Kingpin on uh, Daredevil, Daredevil, right? Yeah. Uh, they both do this thing. That's the thing I was doing before, yeah. yeah we're going we're gonna to see that. Avery Brooks does it to a huge degree. And if you watch uh, the most recent season of Daredevil, um, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin, yeah. it, and I think it's wonderful because he's a character who is very in control everything about him is in I've got full control of all of these things yeah. but he's also I think a churn of of misdirected passion and anger the kingpin yeah. and then the hands are the it's way like, it's like coming out like yeah, that's like, like an escape valve nervous energy coming yeah, out yeah cuz it's just like random you yeah. know it's fascinating yeah. I think I think it's a, I think it's a really interesting choice don't bring up Daredevil and break your heart again. Yeah, it was just canceled, wasn't it? Yeah, they're chopping up. Every, all everything those is canceled now. I think. Yeah, I feel like Marvel's at a point now where they're going to have to go the go route that DC Disney. did. They're going to go to the Disney. Oh, okay, yeah. But I mean, who? They might restart some of these shows over on the Disney app. Honestly, I think in the long run, this is going to be a good thing because they're doing that anthology show where they're bringing in like Loki and other people. Nice. And they're going to make these Star Wars shows that sound awesome. Yeah. Like the Mandalorian sounds super cool. Oh wait, quick a Star Trek thing though. Uh, what do you think about the announcement that Michelle Yeoh is going to have a Section 31 show? Yeah? You're excited about that? Oh, you mean there's going to be new Star Trek? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm like... It's frustrating for me because like, I love Captain Giorgio. And yes. like, Emperor Giorgio is okay. I like her. I, I, yeah, I have mixed feelings about kind of what they're doing with her. Yeah. But it's also like, yeah, Star Trek. I mean, go... Dull, 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 dull. Gull Ducat is a good example of that. Of like, let's make someone who's like Space Hitler to a degree, right? But then also like, let's also make him sympathetic. <laughs> does and on on Discovery does is it common knowledge that Section Thirty One exists? Oh, so this is that's a, been kind of bothering this is me. A, this is a polarizing issue in groups that I've seen, especially groups where there's a large contingent of people who just want to 
Like, what I do, I feel like, is a fun version of picking apart things because I yeah. love it. Yeah, These I'm, are I'm people who yeah. are like, I want to find every little flaw in Discovery and then go post it online to prove and then tell wrong. people that it's this is why it's not Star Trek. Right. You know, or to say like, which, well, this makes no sense, so this is garbage, so I can't like it. Which is like, oh my right. god, dude, it's fucking Star Trek. You don't know Star Trek, right? If, and, and honestly, like, I don't like that attitude. I, I don't like that. Um, like the whole idea that the Last Jedi is not Star Wars. Oh my god, of course it's like, Star Wars. Right. I mean, the prequels. The broke, prequels are Star the Wars. The prequels even broke even Star like Wars, them. so it's already broken. You right. know. And honest, like our show, I feel like is us celebrating a thing we love, yes. and sometimes mocking Warts it all. because it's beautiful and hilarious. Yeah. Right. And a clock, you know, like yeah. that's funny, like that's hilarious. And but I, it's, but we love it. Like and we I love it. it. We honestly love this shit. And I think it's fun to try to reconcile things. I do too. So it's what, like a what, mind game right. to try to fit fit Odo into a dress when obviously he should be in a wig. <laughs> obviously, obviously, admit it, admit it. Okay, admit fine, it. wig. Yes, wig. <laughs> I'll give you a wig with. Thank you. And now I can fucking focus on the episode at hand. But what I don't like is when people pick a thing that is easily explainable. Easily explainable. Uh-huh. Not even like, oh, well, let me get into some like deep Trek lore. It's like surface level explainable and are like, but what the fuck about this? In Section 31, for a lot of people, is this like... It's embarrassingly easy to, to explain yeah. the complaints. So one of the common complaints you see online, people are posting are like, what is this secret organization? And then they're just flashing around their black com badges. Way to keep a secret, asshole. Like, right. do you not know how things work like in the FBI? Like, they carry badges. Well, but they're not going to show to everybody, you know? Right, but like, we know the FBI exists as a society. We but do. But the society of, of Starfleet does not know that Section 31 exists. Well, it's so like a need to know only thing. This is what we've now established is that at this point in time, in TOS era, let's just say, Discovery TOS era, Section 31 is more generally known. It's, it's, it's casually known where somebody can show a black badge and someone else is like, oh, yeah, those are the spooks. Like, we know yeah, what's going on but, here. But. In Deep Space Nine, they're a covert operation. Sure. They're not a. But Deep Space Nine is like where Section Thirty One came from, and when it's brought up for the first time, right. everybody they've never heard of it has never heard of it before. And this is where I get to the point where, because the people will premise that and be like, "So how does this make sense?" Yes, I just want to point out a small piece of information, which is Deep Space Nine takes place like a hundred years in the future. Like you, yeah. can you not even conceive that things change over time? But let's say like the NSA decided to go undercover. Right. Like we've still heard of the NSA. Like they would have changed their name into some other organization or something. Or Shh. like the idea that that a secret organization within Starfleet could exist right. and be common knowledge and then be a surprise a hundred years later does not make sense to me. I think it's totally plausible. I think they they have uh, they could have wiped all knowledge of themselves from the Starfleet records. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's enough time has passed that most of the people that knew of them in this period are dead. Right? Sure. You know, or how hard is it to tell people that they're crazy because they believe, you believe that Starfleet has this like rogue group of murderers who are out there doing this stuff? Yeah. It is so plausible to just bury the knowledge of that. And then they become the equivalent of like this uh, Illuminati. Like yeah. some crazy conspiracy people maybe believe in Section 31. Oh, you know what I'll bet they'll do is like at the end of the Section 31 TV show in, in five years or whatever it is, yeah. they'll be like, well, we, we got to continue operating, but in secret. Deeper so let, secret. Let's right. like disband this organization. Right. For everyone's public knowledge, right. and then just keep going, because section, the name Section Thirty One comes from like 
um, section 31 of article, of article something, something of the Constitution right. of the Federation. Which so. says that by whatever means necessary. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah, and so I think there's deeper criticisms to be made about section 31 that you've brought up too is that it sort of undermines this utopian aspect right. of the Federation and of the Star Trek universe. Right. I think those are valid criticisms that I don't happen to subscribe to, but that to me is a more interesting discussion than like, how come they have badges? Or like, right. why do why do they know now but not like nah? That's those those are easily well for me. Over. Like the context of of how Section Thirty One fits into the world that we're watching is important because it yeah. seems to be different from the context that we've been told in the past of what it is, and that just confuses me. Yes. So I just want right. to know. Right. I just I just I guess like that. This keeps happening with Discovery where they bring up something. And that is referential, but in a different context, yes. and it doesn't make sense. Yes, it's me. And then eventually they explain it, right. but I'm like, maybe give me more up front. If, you, if you're right. knowingly going to mislead me, <laughs> like, like as a Star Trek fan... But it's not knowing, because no one that wrote Section 31 DS9 episodes had any idea that this was going to be addressed in a future thing. So there's no coherent long-term plan. Right, but you can take what they've done in this episode and at least, like, be consistent with it. Not this episode in particular, but, like, with this series. Yeah. You can take what Section 31 was in this series and be consistent with Sort with of. It, or acknowledge your inconsistency. The trouble is that... Right, and I think that you have the right idea. <laughs> Amanda says someday I'm going to have to visit Seattle so she can argue with us in person. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I feel bad for... And she's on your side on the dress thing, by the way. Oh, great. Yeah. We, we, Which is unusual. Usually she's on my side. Right. Yeah. I'm winning over converts. I'll give you one, Amanda. I'm, I'm not even I'm not even upset. I feel bad know? for... I'm proud of you. <laughs> chat, because like you and I get into a deep thing like this. They're probably pinging away or they're like, nah, I want to say this thing. And we're like, no. We're locked into our... <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, well, we always it. go back to chat. Like, we're not missing You're good. anything. You throw you know? the chat enough. I forget. Yeah, I, I make sure that we're not missing stuff in chat. <laughs> Some Someday, hopefully, we will have chat that goes fast enough that we will miss things. That, that would That's be a, our goal. That would be a good our thing. Our goal is to ignore you people. Yeah, our goal is to have enough people in chat <laughs> to... To make it to make it a necessity to miss things, mm, uh, like but that. right now, like I, I actually kind of like you the small thing good. too, you know, because like I because there's the chat's slow enough that we don't miss anything. I'm sympathizing with her desire to argue with us in person because yeah, then you I can actually it. contemporaneously say, no, that's bullshit. Yeah. The point you're making. But if anyone ever wants to, um, I have like a, I have a number. If anyone ever wants to, like, leave a voicemail for Ooh. us to like talk about on the show. <laughs> You're welcome to. And if you're watching this on YouTube later, if you leave a comment on YouTube, I will. We will address it in the next episode. Maybe. No promises. Um, but here, let me uh, <laughs> let me grab this number. So I understand the people that have the philosophical uh, problem with Section Thirty One as an entity in the Star Trek universe, um, and I get it. Like, and to me, that's like a warranted and valid sort of critique and, and an interesting discussion to have even if I don't agree with the position. It, but the nitpicking of those other details are the part, for me, where it's like, Ugh, that can be... You can just... You can paper over that. And as a Star Trek fan, you should be well used to just papering over things that don't make sense. Right. What I do think is interesting is the way you and I um, react to conflicting pieces of Star Trek canon that are presented to us through new shows, such as Discovery, where your, you, your initial reaction is like, confusion or like a pushback. My first thought is like, oh, okay, so that's how this is now. Yeah. Like, oh, but this, right, but this now is, is in the past is the problem with discovery. Now, in the broader sense of like this, uh, this explains what Section Thirty One started out as. That's what this is the truth now. Yeah. And you either have to reconcile with what it is in the future, or you have to say uh, 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 a compatch. That's like my new uh, thing 
in my head of a like, eh, it's just different, and yeah. it's always been different. Because yeah, but if it's but the thing is like, if we are doing one timeline and it's just different, then like, what did Q fuck the timeline or something? No, it's just it's just that's that's at a level where you're like, oh, there is no perfect internal consistency. Right. You and acknowledge I mean, that it I is acknowledge a TV that. show. I acknowledge that. Right. that and that for to sure. me, compatch. But. <laughs> Compatch? What does yeah. that mean? Stand for? Uh, th- that in TOS they have fabric. Oh, patch. Right. Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. Right. I call those com patches. Right, right, right. And then in reality, when you're watching TOS, they had metallic communicator com badges. Right. But even on Discovery, their their com badges, I think, are don't actually work. Right. Because no, when they, someone they call each other, do they? Because yeah. when someone called someone on a Section Thirty One badge who's like oh, what kind of communicator is that right and I th- which I thought man oh those actually work right where ours are just decorative or something oh that could be I, I, I'm not I'm I not have to pay attention to that memory. I'm not I'm not sure but the fact that even if they're not communicators let's just say for the sake of argument they're not communicators yeah. they're clearly physical metal objects yeah in discovery right and on TOS they're they're sewn, sewn patches that looks right. like they and were that made type of thing I'm okay with because like when you watch the original series now there's no way to accept that that ship works because it sure. looks so silly. Right. There's no doctors in bathrooms wandering around right. handing out you know, pills and, right. and booze. But then, like specific things, like we don't have holodecks until next generation. Right. Like, and they kind of like fussed around it. Like it's not a holodeck; it's just a shooting range. Right. In season one. Yeah. I hate to do this, you guys, but I actually those phone calls I got earlier, I just checked. And uh, it's actually the hospital, and I have to call them back. So oh, no. I'm, we're going to have to take a quick break. Pause. Just for a couple minutes, and we'll be right back. Medical pause, medical pause. Okay, here, I'll vamp. You want to vamp? I can leave you live. Or do you want me to turn it off? Don't talk to me. Oh, yeah, this is Doug's vamping. All right. <laughs> going to pause it? We'll be back, you guys. <laughs> That's fair. All my hotkeys stopped working. Tough, what the fuck? Tough but fair. I have to turn everything off manually. Mer- That's bullshit. Okay, we'll be right back. There, I gotta turn the thing on. Oh, I can't. This is gonna be. Really what is that? Next. Well, that's that's my opinion of how you ask me. How do I feel about Section Thirty One? <laughs> it's like a, a dude just like chugging this giant thing full of nonsense. It's it's a giant yeah jug of water, and then on the jug I've written Discovery, Picard, Section Thirty One, Lower Deck, SETI Alpha Five, Short Trek. Holy shit! Another cartoon? Oh, Short Treks were great. Yeah, they were really good. The, yeah. the one with Saru was really cool. Yeah, and they tied that. The more in. I thought about it, the more I liked it. And now it's tying. I haven't watched the newest episode yet. I'm really excited. Oh right, okay. So you know that it is involved. Though. Yeah, they brought it up. Yeah, it's. Oh man, so they they've like fixed Saru as a character. Like I had, I I liked him, but yeah. I didn't love him and like you might have strong opinions about this next episode I'm really it's, excited it's, it's it's I'm fine with it but I know that there are some people who are like freaking out about some of the choices they made okay well yeah. and, and without spoilers I mean because you already know the Kelpians you know their situation yeah there's like uh, prime directive issues or right. general which I love they call general it general order, order one. one and I oh it's a soft spot in my heart I like that too yeah and I, I, I'm excited I'm excited little things that Discovery could do that also would make me feel good is if they said like um a time warp factor <laughs> because that was like a TOS thing is they oh it, my God. they didn't get it to just clean warp factor it was time warp factor for let's a while. do the time warp factor again yeah. time <laughs> time warp factor three yeah also oh I so want discovery there I uh, of course I love discovery it's Star Trek but what would do my heart so happy would be if they found one of these like full-on alternate earth situations that was a bunch of them in TOS right where it makes 
no logic. Like a taste of the action. Yeah, where it's, there's no logic sense to it. You right. Know? I mean, honestly, they kind of did that already this season. Like the well, that planet. Yeah, but that's but, small scale. They but they knew, they knew about Earth. You know, they, they knew like, Earth existed. What about the Ro- they have like the Roman planet? Yeah, yeah. You know where it's like that, that was like the the Pilgrims planet or something. Right. And then there was the one um, in TOS where it's the kids that that they, all the adults die, so it's all the right, right, right. Miri. Yeah, which is yeah. creepy as shit. How do I know episode names from the original series? I've only seen You're once. Pretty good, but yeah. that is like they even show it. They're like, look, it's Earth, like yeah. the planet. And they show America, like yeah. they, or the one where it's like the really bad, um, uh, like Space America, where like they've got the Constitution and the flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they find the Constitution at the that's, end, and they like misinterpreted the words. But that's like alternate Earth, right? Out in space, they find an Earth. It's not like someone like the other one. They left the right. the mob information yeah. there. That was seeded. This was it. independently. Someone came up with all of the yeah. same. That's what I want. I think it's ludicrous, but I want Discovery to lean into it and go, yeah, fucking. I think that this they is, do a Star Trek bit. is yeah. apeshit crazy. I definitely think they are leaning into that. I think that that Discovery, in a lot of ways, is more inspired by the original series than any modern Trek. Right. Next Generation on, because Next Generation on is pretty consistent. Like once you get to season three of Next Generation, that's how Star Trek looks. Yeah. Until you get to the end of Voyager, and Enterprise looks different, but like in a way that. Is kind of halfway between our reality yes. and and TNG As reality. As a prequel, yeah, they, they and TOS looks nothing like anything. It's completely batshit crazy, <laughs> right, you know. Right. And Discovery is like <laughs> batshit crazy, batshit crazy in a way that is kind of reminiscent yeah. of TOS. Yeah, and there's something admirable about that. Yeah, I think they they missed the mark on season one sure. in every way for me. But like season two, they immediately with Captain Pike, I'm like, wow, yeah, like he is like a '60s character. I really, I, I want Discovery to be given like a seven season run. <laughs> Amanda's, where have we derailed to? We got back on Discovery, <laughs> and how much I, I'm, I'm enjoying season two of Discovery. Amanda, what are your? Th- have you watched season two of Discovery yet? I've been so curious if you are into it, <laughs> and I don't know. I don't think Paula's still here, but if Paula's here, I'd be really curious if she's watched it either, because. Paula's with me on season one being like awful. She's right. stopped watching. Right. And even like the first episode of season two, Andy watched all season one with me. We watched first episodes in season two and like all that action shit in the second half. She's right. like, I'm confused and yeah. kind of bored and I think I'm I think I'm out. Yeah. She just stopped watching. Totally fair. Totally fair. And for me, like this the next episode of the season was the one that I was like, wow, that was Star Tricky. And yeah. I liked it. Yeah. You know? And I, the, every episode since then I've liked, even though like They've done some batshit, crazy, ridiculous nonsense with the mycelial network. (laughs) But I feel like the show is now kind of acknowledging how how weird all of this is. And, like, positioning itself to not use the mycelial network ever again. Because it's, like, dangerous to the people who live there. Yeah. Like, the the creatures who live there. Which is well within Star Trek. Which is what I've expected them to do the whole time. Of course, yeah. That's why, like, the mycelial network being added in out of canon kind of rubbed me the wrong way but didn't necessarily bother me because I felt like they were going to explain it later this was my point all along is that this is the kind of thing that people would have swallowed no question if it had been a one-off in a single episode I also think that if they had set this show after DS9 chronologically it would have all made perfect sense immediately yeah I'm less concerned about that because it's like whatever but they're even like retconning well not retconning but they're I think it's retconning the design sure. decisions of the Klingons in season one, where yes. they're bringing in. They brought in a house of Klingons that we hadn't seen in season one, who looks more like Klingons from from the modern era, right. and then now implying that all of these houses are going to intermingle and interbreed, mm-hmm. and that there'll be a more homogenous looking Klingon in the right. future. Right. Yeah, I 
I, I liked that. I thought that sure. that was kind of good housekeeping as far as like we understand that people hated this. This is a good reason for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's why I'm. You know, some people don't like that Enterprise explained the smooth-headed Klingons. Oh, because like Rich. what Worf says in in it's DS9 yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. It's like we don't talk about it. Yeah, that would acknowledge been... it. Walk away. That right. is perfect. But I, I do, love that. But I do like. Yeah, balls to the wall, baby. Explain yeah, it. Get the in there. Augment virus. It's okay. I yeah. don't, I didn't dislike it. But why not? It was okay. Here, this is this is another. <laughs> That's really good. Thank you. <laughs> Here, let me. But the, but the text well, is going to be backwards. But we can. It's that classic meme template. Okay, people people who say Discovery. Is not, Star is not Star Trek. And then that's Jason Momoa creeping up on Henry Cavill behind. It and says Discovery Season 2. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love how if you like get in the right place, your yeah, green you screen can... gets fucked up. Like, look at that. Ooh. Oh, yeah. You know what that is? Ooh. Those are the leftover particles from that Klingon <gasps> that we rebeamed earlier. <laughs> Double beaming, man. It just leaves a bunch of particles behind. We have been derailed for like we half an hour. Super derailed. But the good thing, if you have the episode on screen, it can remind yeah. us where we are. What? What is this? What's happening here? He's reacting Odo's to the clock. Oh my god, let's just watch it again. I miss it. Again! <laughs> a clock! Yeah! A clock! So good. Okay. But um, yes, this is this is uh, Mirror Universe Light. Okay, I have a very important question about the next scene. I need us all to watch this and decide, is there chemistry between Odo and Kira? <laughs> is there chemistry? She is just owning that chair. Yeah. She's a minx. She's a cat. Did we have an appointment? Look at them boots. When have I ever had to stand on set? She also has a real Joker vibe going on. She's like the Cheshire cat. She is. Look at her. She's stretching. She's such a cat. You're right. She's just sexing it up. I need your help. Also, Nana Visitor, I think, really enjoys leaning in on this. Yeah, let's bounce forward to when they're standing next to each other. Is there chemistry is the question. we go it alone me running this place you will be able to do what needs to be done if you want to toss quark out on his ears toss him out if you want to proclaim martial law on the promenade proclaim it this station will be yours to protect with no interference she's trying to get him on her side sure well she knows what he wants this nonsense that's happening you can't be corrupted but this is a dangerous time I can't take any chances even with you when the time comes you'll know it I'll be counting on you okay so super breathy I'll be counting oh wait he turns to watch her go (laughs) computer Open a channel to Starfleet headquarters. Okay, so I'm gonna have to spoil something about Deep Space Nine right now. So if you don't want to hear this, cover this, your ears. We've been but, spoiling everything. Yeah, we spoil a lot. Yeah. Accident. Somewhat accidentally. Anyway, <laughs> later on in the series, a relationship develops between Kira and Odo. And Odo, big spoiler alert: like Odo admits to have been in love with her for a long time. Right. So I am just like like a hawk, just like. Did- Is this when he's in love with her? Well, did the writers know that beforehand? Because it always felt, I don't think so. I, it always felt out of left field to mm-hmm. me. And like watching this scene, I like I don't think so. I like, don't think there's any intention that the two of them have any chemistry or spark. Yeah, I think this is all about 
Kira's character attempting to manipulate him. I agree with that, but I'm just saying, like, and then if him that's the trying case, to get information. If that's the case, even if if he's in love with her quietly, right, and he doesn't understand his sexuality because we right. know that from the last episode, just, right. Like, is there any any indication from the performance that he has feelings for her? And I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I'd be curious to keep an eye out for when is there an episode before they express their feelings that he actually, you know... Because uh, the one that is explicit, I think the earliest one that's explicit is when she gets trapped in that stone thing. That's the one. Yeah. yeah that's the episode. Right. So when before that does he express her love? Right, right. His, his love for her. Right, in a secret I, way. I, For me, watching that episode for the first time, I was like, that is out of nowhere. It does, right. It feels yeah. very jarring. So we're going to watch like for Tote that. It's like Chakotay 7 of 9. We're going to watch for where that. Where they're like, oh, by the way... <laughs> oh, right. That's just right. a, like, boom, these two. Yeah, that took me a second to remember. Yeah. The but war- let's talk about Chakotay and Janeway camping out on that planet, because that was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. I did, that's that's the time where you're like, okay, <laughs> this is a good way to have this flirtation, you know. Amanda says only the writers of Grey's Anatomy think that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just really, I love storytelling, Yeah, obviously. I just, I'm so into storytelling. And I just love when storytellers, like, think ahead. Yes. I, I love... I, I feel like there's so much intentional forethought in Deep Space Nine. Right. So much. Right. And, like, Babylon 5 is the, the shining achievement of right. forethought in storytelling. Right. And early, like there's this, early. There's this balance between, like, having an idea of where your story's going to go, um, or, like, have you can, like, have, like, strict rules of where the story's going to go. You can have a general idea, which, in my opinion, is the best way to go. Right. Or you can have, like, no idea and be Stephen King and just start writing and Make see where up. you end yeah, up. Yeah, and then. Yeah. Just make up a Deus Ex Machina when you're a thousand pages in, yeah. and the hand of God comes down and ends the stand. And well, all right, whatever, we're done. And DS Nine is in a hybrid state because episode to episode, for the bulk of its run, it is just like there is no overarching thing. There's a through line with some of the characters, but those are broad strokes things that I think come up in at like a season level. Like there's no indication here that. Julian's going to hook right. up with a Dabo girl, and that Rom is going to become a communist oh. leader, or that Julian will is like super intelligent and hiding all it, of like, that stuff. It comes out later, yeah, that, and then yeah. they follow those threads. And sometimes right. with Star Trek, they'll start one and they'll just be like, "Nah, this no more." Well, at the end of almost every episode of this season, they've they've dangled a thread that we wanted to continue. That of they course, dropped. yeah, classic. They just re- yeah. I feel everything. like I think that this show probably knew that having a wormhole access to the. Uh, Gamma Quadrant. Right. Yeah, Gamma Quadrant. Um, I think that they probably had some idea that there was going to be a conflict with the power from the Gamma Quadrant exactly. that's going to define the show. Which I is think, just... I think that that's just there But that's like from the one beginning. on one. Like, you know. And like the stuff with the, the prophets and Cisco, right. they're from the beginning, you know? Well, they, they I would have, say to a degree from the beginning, but they... Right. Had, they but like at, the stuff with his mom, obviously. At this point, later. they don't know that. Right? Yeah, I agree. I, the details get filled in later. And for the most part, I like that in storytelling where you have a general idea... The framework to work within, but like the details are going to come out over time through the performances of the actors, right. the chemistry of the actors. You're going to change things. It's going to grow. You need to have a little flexibility. Whereas if you're like super rigid with the story that you've come up with over seven years, it's going to break. And I think Lost is the perfect example of like having no fucking idea where you're going. You don't know where it's going to end. And just like trying to trying to keep all. And yeah, no idea where you're going. Or if you did, like completely changing direction based off of audience. Reaction, yeah, and like trying to keep people guessing in a way that feels artificial, yeah. Uh, whereas this show, I think Deep Space Nine does a really good job overall of like having an arc 
that feels intentional and feels inevitable, right. but also feels surprising. Yeah. And and feels like a story. Like a, there is a there is like a sure there's like monster of the week episodes, but the the core canon of Deep Space 9 is really cool. And like part of my favorite thing about the show, but I getting back to like what we're seeing here and talking about with Odo and Kira, I feel like where they drop the ball a little bit is with these character arcs. Mm. Like, Cisco's feels very strong to me. Right. The whole time. Right. Like, Jadzia's he makes no depressed. sense. Jadzia's makes no sense. Oh, yeah. wait, do you mean in this one episode? No, or? in the show. Like, oh, the whole show. I thought, you were, I thought you went back to the episode. Meaning the arcs of the personae. Oh, right. No, I mean, like, the, the arc right. of, of the right. characters Cisco in general. Cisco starts depressed. Like, Odo right. and Kira fall, you know, right. enter into a relationship. Odo is the, like, the I'm data s- character, the, the yeah. spot character. Unfortunately, the we kind of have to spoil know. things to talk about this, but I feel like Why we do should. Why you worry about spoilers? The show's been out for, like, two, three years. Well, because if I were watching this show for the first time and, and watching Doug Space Nine with it, I wouldn't want spoilers. Okay. And I think that would be the most fun way to experience Doug Space If people Nine. are coming into Doug Space Nine without Deep Space Nine experience, who are they? I mean, I, I hope that that happens, you know? Like, I hope that someone finds this on YouTube in ten years is like, this is a fun project. I want to watch this and watch if Deep Space Nine. If you're just finding this, pause. Go watch all of Star Trek. It should only take you a couple of months dedicated. Maybe a year. <laughs> yeah. Come back in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely watch Ooh, ahead. In ten years from now, it's going to take so much longer because they're going to have to watch Picard. They're going to have to watch Section Thirty-One. You know, I've had the number memorized like seven hundred twenty-six episodes of Star Trek until Discovery. Now I need you got to update that number all the time, and there's something very exciting about that. Yeah, because it'll because be... like I have seen seven hundred twenty-six episodes of Star Trek, and right, I know that. Right. Um, but now seasons. I don't know how many episodes I've seen because there's more. Right. And do we count the short, short tracks? Yeah. Do you count the animated series? I think. I would say yes it's to the short It's an exciting tracks. world to be a Star Trek fan. It is. And now that Discovery's getting better, I'm excited. Like, I honestly, Discovery being good in season two, I mean, and it's it's not at, like, Next Generation or even Deep Space Nine level for me yet. But, sure. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. It's and one of the things I'm looking forward to most in the week, besides, obviously, Survivor, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. the best show on television. And it could get to that level, I think, for it a lot could, of people. Yeah, it could, yeah. Because, again, if you look at the arc of improvement of any of the other series, it's dramatic. You know? It is, yeah, and you're, you've always been right about that. And look, Amanda left because of spoilers. <laughs> Amanda popped off for spoilers. Which oh is no, back. <laughs> wigs and spoilers. That's, <laughs> that's what this episode's all about. Um, okay, so Odo. Oh my God, this scene. Let's just watch. Let's just watch the best thing that comes out of this episode be built, which is the clock. <laughs> I love this clock. This is a fetish object. Yeah. So I'm going to turn the sound off so we can talk over it. But, um, yeah. It's beautiful. O'Brien is like... O'Brien basically takes over as, like, commander. Yeah. But in a way where he doesn't want any responsibility, which actually is kind of a fun power dynamic to watch. Where he's, like, in charge and making all the decisions and sending security out places and shit. But still reporting back to Cisco, right. who is only interested in building a clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I love. Like that type of weird detail is why I watch Star Trek. Extending to, this weird out like this. into the future, uh, O'Brien, it would be like at least another year before he actually thought about taking power from Cisco. He would still be yeah. a loyal second in command. Okay, wait. I gotta turn yes. the sound back on so we can watch this. Yes. Hold on. Backing it up. Backing up. This backing is up. this is a defining moment for this episode for me for Cisco I almost I didn't have time for this um Andy loved the clock yeah it's so good I thought about making a super cut of all the weird moments uh, of this episode yeah. cause they're so good they're so good here we go leave the station 
never. That's it. Yeah. Get me a phaser. I'll get rid of Kira. Force and return. The way he sits down is so good. Yeah. It's so intentional. How do we proceed? Yep. And then back to the club. A few more hours to it's, it's, I think it's yeah. brilliant, and I think it's beautiful. Yeah. It's it's an obsessed... It, like, Kira's is paranoid and manipulative. Yeah. Uh, Cisco's is just irrational anger and obsession and he already has power yeah it's like if he's not he's the one everyone's coming for it's like they've already played survivor he's played survivor once before and won yeah and is just in charge of the tribe because he's already been there <laughs> and like people should question his authority but haven't yet right uh eventually he'll get voted out or in this case killed by major kira's assassin uh but uh yeah i don't know like, power dynamics are interesting and if if you're interested in that at all watch survivor yeah did you watch Survivor? Uh, yeah, it's not, it's been a while, but I had watched uh, several seasons when it was first on. It has changed dramatically. Well, because now the metagame that's been like I was yeah. starting to, I drifted out of Survivor as that began its thing. I'd seen yeah. a few seasons where people clearly had seen Survivor, right? And then it was a few more where it was like, oh, now they're openly talking about it, right? You know, and then then when it got to the gimmicky like boys versus girls or this, the uh, right, I think that was when I was towards it. So I think I got it to season seven or eight, maybe. Of oh wow, yeah, um, yeah. There's 38 seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch, okay, everyone, go watch Survivor season 33. It's millennials versus Gen X, which is silly. Like those, sure. Those things are always a it little helps, bit it silly. Gives, it gives but, it a hook. But, like, the way that they play out is always fascinating. Yeah. You know, the, the, the setup of it is always a little forced, in my opinion. But, like, what happens is always fascinating. Yeah. And season 33, like, really high-level strategy players came into the game for the first time. Uh, it's all first-time players, so you right. don't need to have seen anything before. Right. And it's just fucking awesome. Yeah. Every episode, like, every tribal council is surprising. And there's this guy, David, who's maybe my favorite survivor ever, like this total underdog. And he's back this year on season 38. The first episode premiered a couple nice. days ago. So he's back, and um, just getting, watching him play again is so exciting. I would love to be on Survivor. <laughs> I love that shit. Um, Call me when they stop doing it, like, where you actually have to, like, be physical. Yeah. Do, like, you know, slacker survivor. Slacker know. survivor. Who can eat chips? <laughs> and who can convince you to go buy the chips? I don't have time for jokes. I don't have time for jokes. Your findings. He's got giant hands, man. Who controls this station? I, this is when this is when Odo starts to play along yeah. and like try to use the scenario against everybody. Yeah. And I love like Bashir's expression. He's like, "You're playing with us." Now, right, right, you know? right. Well, it's interesting because it all they clearly take external reality and feed it into this narrative so it's relatively easy for Odo as long as he doesn't fight against the narrative right then he can slot himself into it and I love that he gets that and starts yeah. doing it yeah it's cool how all in good time first tell me about the clean yeah and this is yeah, a much more acting. subdued version of Bashir being a possessed unusual. and he's also mostly focused the on his regular work you know yeah. The membrane permeability was off. What could Yeah, Odo like tricks him into doing his regular job. Yeah. Which is great. And he tricks him into like solving the problem. Yeah, it's 
I did like that. I liked how they got to their resolution of that. Let's, let's see it. what happens when he leaves the room. I well, no, he, he, he's, you're not going to get your look back anymore. I don't think so. Because now he knows what's going on. I think I, I think there was only two look backs in this episode. Yeah, he does the look backs because he's like, oh, he, we didn't even see him leave the room. Seems not even worth it. Bummer. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Are you ready for the best action <laughs> sequence <laughs> in the history of Star Trek? <laughs> Oh, this is too far. Oh, this is too far. Wait, wait, wait. Let's get into this. Brian, I really think you should see this. Kira sent this guy to assassinate hey, Cisco. Hey, can you just look at this thing? <gasps> watch, watch oh, the Bajoran. Bro. He does not fight back at all. Oh, that's not good. Wait, let's see that again. Oh, that is rough to watch. He just like punches Jadzia. Backhand slaps Ah. It's horrible. Two. When they go across the room and he's yes. like punching him, I no. love it. No. Three. Ooh. Four. <laughs> Five. Six. It's just Next like snap. not yeah. even trying to fight back. I want the truth. Is that clear? <laughs> I love this. Let's see how this works. Yeah. <laughs> so, now here's another thing that I think about every time I see this episode. Hmm. How awkward is it at work following this? <laughs> that dude who got tuned up by his boss. His boss kicked the shit out of him. Probably broke his ribs. Yeah. You know, he... Definitely broke his face. Definitely broke his face. What is the palm punch called? No, like know. the Star Trek palm punch. Oh, Everybody, we, we didn't get one of these. The, the two-hander, two yeah. yeah. In, star, in the future, you can only fight like this or like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the only things that cause damage. Mathematically, those are the best moves. That's yeah. what everyone realized. They work on more... They're not the best moves, but they're... Generically, they work on a wide variety of humanoids. I The... Them walking across the set with him... With one man punching another over and over... Well, that guy just is, takes it. It's just so fucking funny. Like, the comedic <laughs> timing of everything happening in this scene is so good. Yeah. But it also, like, works because the show doesn't need to be serious. Yeah. I love, I love, uh, O'Brien beaming him and Cisco out yes, of the bridge. Like, yeah. uh, that's coming up in just a second well, here. Because this I'm is them using this. these, this is using the technology in ways that we sometimes complain about. Like, why wouldn't they just do that? Why right. would they do that? This is like, right. no, you would just. Emergency beam out. There's people know? stuck in a shuttlecraft. We can't get the pylon open. Well, we got no way to get him out. There's, you know. I guess that's where he lives. His now. transporters don't exist. I love this like surreptitious beam out. Yeah, it's great. I wish that when he'd like done the beaming, he had gone ha cha cha cha. But this is the this is the we like. I guess I just forgot. Like, who? Oh yeah. She's like, why didn't you? Why didn't you turn that off? She's like, I forgot. I just want to know who that person was in the original narrative like right. here you've got like you know the loyal dog and you've got the crazy violent uh, uh, leader you've got the dedicated rebel yeah. you've got all the loyal minions and then you've got like basically dopey fuck everyone from the Scooby gang <laughs> that's shaggy yeah <laughs> um, yeah I, at this point in the episode it's just it's a lot of fun like your yeah. your favorite characters are fighting against each other uh -huh. and Odo's like playing both sides against each other he like pretends that he uh, like gave Kira a gift by getting them all to go down to the, yes. the yep. thing and then when 
when Cisco realizes that Odo's double crossed him. Odo, like, <laughs> we gotta find that because that's so good. So okay, they're going down to the let's right. see a forward here. This is also the classic. Let's take off our badges. Oh, I think there this is this, it. Okay, the, the hand wait. Stuff. This is this is the stuff. I'm gonna turn the sound on. She must have realized we removed our combat. Let's back up. <laughs> jog, 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 jog. Let's go. <laughs> What's wrong? It's been seen. See, see it's, there it is. He's got twitchy fingers. She must have realized we removed our combat just by now. She should have realized that immediately. Ooh. I gotta play piano. <laughs> it's completely locked down. Someone's Oh wait, it's coming, it's coming. Level okay. five security protocol. There's only one other person on the station besides yourself has that kind of access. <laughs> Who could it be? <laughs> Who is it? Who is it? Odo. It's Odo! <laughs> Odo. See, I love it because this is this is a character who is now very quickly losing all power. Yeah. And so I think that's where like the nervous twitch comes in and then the anger at like finding out who betrayed him, you yeah. know. I think it's great. I love it. I love it. I love it. I really enjoy it. Like the hand thing, I'm I'm into it, you know. It's like it's a huge it's like again, he's like swinging for the fences with a big choice, but he commits to it yeah. and I buy it. He didn't in say like I don't know what to do. Like, like, look in his eyes. Yeah. He's in it. Well, see, because now he knows what to do. He needs to get those big hands around Odo's neck and squeeze. Yeah. I love the fact that, like, once they pull this thing out of everyone's heads, they, like, just let it go out into space. Everyone grabs something. It's a telepathic virus that is visual. Yes. Let's watch that happen. Major, wait. Glad you two could make it. Computer, execute Odo 1. He calls the program Odo One. Oh, people are terrible when they need to in the Star Trek. So now, yeah, now it's a gaseous thing that is has a physical manifestation, right? That's telepathy matrix, the telepathic matrix. That's what they refer to it later. Constable, everybody, grab hold of something secure. This crate is secure. Yeah, oh. it is not. The crates are secure. They're just oh, sitting on the too. ground. Well, they show them later. They are actually strapped down. But oh, they, are they? Okay. Yeah. Because cool. I was like, "What's going on here?" Um, It'd be so fucked up if this is how one of the main cast dies. See, they show like a strap. But yeah, it's like a terrible. Look at Odo down there. <laughs> oh wait, pause. Someone got his comm badge back. That was the visual, like, goof that I noticed this time watching Yeah, it. he and, he and uh, O'Brien took the took comm off. badges if off. If you will go forward, you don't need to go back to it. In a few seconds, that disappears again. Does it? So they clearly did a pickup scene or a reshoot, and then oh. f they forgot that he was wearing his comm badge. I'm trying to sound off and display this for a sec. But it's, like, blatant. Yeah, he doesn't have one. He doesn't have one. And then he won't in the next time we see... Cisco. It's just that one hugging of the box. For whatever reason, they decided they needed. See? Oh, it's gone. Yeah. 
Wow. It's just a visual. It's just Good a catch. Just a goof. I mean, it's, it's no big deal. There was something in an earlier episode. I like that kind of stuff. It's fun to catch. Yeah. Because well, like it's fun to theorize, like, oh, maybe they did pickups or whatever. You on, know? on another level, this is the thing when people want to argue about stuff. This is where you're like, you. Th- this means that you can never have perfect canon. Because right. there's literally no good explanation apart from just like oh sometimes combat just mysteriously appears disappear. right I think I'm the type of person who can discard production mistakes as non-canon even though they're on screen right but what it means is that you can't have the show itself be internally consistent without right. referencing things in the outside world which to me then is like oh you open the door a little crack for me to go what about big budgets you yeah, know yeah I guess so I mean like when I watch Babylon 5 I recognize that they had the no internal money. canon of that is like really solid, right? But like, the the production value is terrible. Yes. So, like, what you see does not make sense, but what they tell you it is does make sense. Right. So I can kind of go along with it. Babylon and Star Five, Trek is that way a lot. I think. Babylon Five has the advantage where it can be like, yeah, it's this is a future. It's an alternate history future. That's why its computers look eighties, even though they're in the twenty second century, whatever. But if they ever did like a new Babylon Five thing or something that showed stuff that was shown before but now looks better that's when you get the visual right. inconsistency that Star Trek right. isn't and, wrestling with they clearly have decided we're right. just going to spend money and I think it's the right choice of but I, what I would like is if they did that with something that looked closer to the original series I, yeah, I not that I dislike the look of Discovery but like show me even like the discovery show itself, me, like show me a good. bridge station show with me, a desk lamp. <laughs> well, show me the bridge of the Enterprise so that I can see that like yeah. that round wooden post and like the the red and the black and yeah, the gray. The, the, the like, Abrams show, movies did a better job of. Yeah, I mean that bridge looks it, nothing like. But it's the closer. In it is closer. Yeah, feel. but I'm saying like show me something on Discovery that is the Enterprise bridge and looks like pretty close. Right. It'll make everything else make more sense to me. Yeah. It's like if you can translate the visual style of Discovery to the original series on something specifically that we've seen and make it look close. I think the the uniforms is a perfect example. Right. That when you see Pike and uh, and Number One and on all that like in in the, the, the gold the gold yeah or the red with his security officer. Like, that's a translation of the original series that makes more sense right. than the original series did. Right. Looks really good, looks close, and works for me. Yeah. That's, I'm 100% on board with that. Yeah. So, I feel like they're trying to do that a little bit more with the Klingons, with the TNG version yeah. of Klingons, but, but like, completely ignoring that the Augment virus happened. But how long did... Okay, Enterprise takes place 10 years... No. Enterprise takes place 100 years before the original series. At least, yeah. Right? I don't know the exact dates, And then... But- Discovery's 10 years before the original series. In the original series, we see Augment Virus infected Klingons. Right. So it's still around. Right. But we haven't... Well, no, they're they're not Augment Virus infected Klingons. They're the descendants. Descendants, right. Of yes, Augment. that's so, right. right. And this is, again, this is to me is another easy... It's not satisfactory, but it's an easy explanation of, like, the lack of seeing a thing that has been shown to exist in the universe doesn't mean that it has mysteriously disappeared from the universe. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, they could still be there on Discovery, we just haven't seen them. They're right. one, one of the houses, say, right. could was, all was be... the only house infected, maybe. Right, exactly. Know. And they could be they could be pariahs, and so they don't get to go yeah. to any of the meetings, and it's right. not until later that right. they are... Whatever, it doesn't... Them not being here doesn't mean that they don't exist. But then it makes no sense to genetically modify spies. You have a whole house of Klingons that look human make them spies right yeah no I agree with yeah. you but then but that's like the original series does it itself right where they're like 
we modified these people who look human. But yeah, in that case, but it's that like is we like changed we their eyebrows. Him, yeah, well, yeah, we, we took away his goatee and made him not look dusky. Yeah, yeah these guys are not in blackface. Unfortunately, unfortunately, like original series Klingons are kind of blackfacey. Kind of, yeah. I there's there's I that's a people use it as a trolling issue of like is um, Alexander a blackface? You know because they're darkening his skin to sure but the and but when you're wearing prosthetics and like you go that right. big step further it doesn't feel that way well the, the question is like is is Shran blueface like well no because there's not it's not blackface because he's not portraying an African American he's right. a white person portraying an alien species right who has dark skin so we've darkened their right. skin for the so role do you, is that what's happening in the original series uh, yes, I think intentionally. Like, well, yes, yes and no. There's the original series. I think gets a little more complicated and nuanced because the intent of the Klingons was to represent, you know, like this, like the um, uh, human enemies, you know. Right. So, like the the design choice, of the Klingon themselves is a little bit fraught in that sense. Right, but it's not like they're acting like Jar Jar Binks, you know. It's not like yeah, and they, they're and, not like they're not like they're not going anywhere close to. Like, I mean, blackface is associated with minstrel shows. Right. They're not going anywhere near that. Like, let's which, just say Code of Honor is a far more offensive Yeah, Code thing. of Honor is Because that offensive. is like, we're directly right. mapping an Earth culture into space and then portraying them in, like, broad right. stereotypes. But yeah, I mean, when you have, like... I, I, I was talking to someone recently... Um, Did we lose our audience? Is there people still listening? Yeah, there's people still here. <laughs> I was talking to someone recently who is a friend of mine who is black and he was saying, like, it kind of bothered him how on, like, TNG era, they'd always have black people playing Klingons and right. who were always, like, angry. Right. And sure. he felt a little bit like... I hope I'm not remembering his words incorrectly. Right. It's just like... I, he actually really liked... Star Trek. I don't even know if "bothered him" was the right word, but he's just like, yeah, that's just you know. It's a it's a bad habit that a lot of shows get into of that othering, you know, and that you're like, oh, you know, we should have more diversity. Let's make them right. play the monsters and villains. Like, oh, sure, that's not. Yeah, no, that's a huge problem. Right. But, but but there are like, I mean, Christopher, Christopher, Christopher Lloyd played a Klingon in right. Star Trek. Right. Three. Three. Three or four? I think it's three. Not four. Definitely not four. Not four. I think it's three. Three. Yeah. I mean, it's three. Search and then, spot. And then Christopher Plummer played one in and Undiscovered six. Country. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, like a long history of Klingons are not with Klingons exclusively like, played by African Americans in the '90s era Trek. Right. It was a common thing, but that wasn't. Exclusive. But in the original series, they were exclusively white people, like painted with, to look darker. Right. Which gets you into this with Fu Manchu with mustaches. Fu Manchu mustaches. And, yeah. yeah. Which gets you into this awkward area of like it kind of looks like blackface, right. you know, whether or not they meant it to or not. Right. It feels kind of it was. It feels kind of wrong when you watch it. You sure. Know? Now it feels. There's a lot of weird stuff. Problematic. Like that in Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, Code of Honor is a great example of something. But but the actors on Code of Honor, like I've heard them talk about it, and they. Uh, <laughs> what's up, Nightwing? Nightwing is asking, does it smell like Updog in here? I don't know what an Updog is. Yeah. Well, he wants you to say, "What's up, Dog." Oh, I see. I just don't yeah. know uh, what an updog is. The answer is yes. It smells like updog in here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting because I think intention is so important. Right. And I, I don't think that Star Trek has ever done anything intentionally to other people, but they've done it right. accidentally a lot. A lot, right. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, even some of the stuff that we see constantly in DS9 of them um, racially profiling Ferengi. Yeah, stuff. Related uh, the, uh, we've people. talked about this before in like the, the, the sort of like 
very creepy sexual behavior. Right. There's stuff that's just not examined. But that's yeah. fine. You know, that's history sometimes has a, a better ability to look at things than the contemporaries do. Yeah. Uh, I do think that Star Trek's heart is in its right place, but I you, you can't just write it off as like it doesn't count. Like no, it's yeah. it's certainly uh, emblematic of a of a time where people even people trying to do good and be good were making huge mistakes. And I and think that's had okay. Huge blind spots. I think that like as a society as we grow, our blind spots will be filled in by each other. Yeah. And we need to have forgiveness for each other if you do something wrong and and you didn't intend it. One wrong, of the things that know? I've said before because I know that you need to be held accountable but but right. I think the other People need to have. I think that's all part of being in society. Yeah. And like, yeah, we have. We live in a, a society. We've made a lot of improvement, and Star Trek has been a big part of our improvement as a yeah. society. But yeah, we can hold it accountable for like having some things that are a little bit hard to watch now that don't hold up well. So to but me, still forgive the show for, but not forgive the show. Just be aware of it. Be aware know? of it. Acknowledge it. Don't hide and, it. It doesn't mean don't you can't love Star exist. Trek. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Discovery. That one of the comic plays of Discovery is that it's a it's a prequel, so that already creates problems with canon uh, issues. We don't need another prequel. Blah 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 blah. One thing though that making it a prequel does is it shows that that the Federation and Starfleet has been diverse in that period of time. Mm-hmm. Where if you only have TOS, you're like so it's basically just like humans, mostly white. Yeah, in Starfleet and going around and representing the Federation. Right. You know, there's like one half alien uh, that's on the bridge of the flagship. Spock. Right. right. Here with Discovery, you're like, oh, actually, no. It is culturally and it, racially it's, in yeah. the human race diverse. We right. have other alien species. There's the the Federation adheres to ideals that you would want it to adhere to at that point in its time of that timeline. And yet both of Discovery's captains have been white men. Yeah, but one of them was just straight out evil. Sure, but <laughs> yeah, I I actually Which I think is I'm, an interesting I'm still, exploration of the trope, by the uh, way. Yeah, yeah, totally. I and like Pike I think has been an interesting exploration of that traditional yeah. like sixties, you know, swashbuckling space hero. Yeah. But I want something different in season three. I want, I would love a female and I would love an alien captain. I think that that would be really cool. Yeah. Played, yeah. yeah. And I, I was think- listening to the Star Trek podcast hosted by uh, uh, two women, one of whom is from Venezuela, and she made a lot of really good points of things that I just wouldn't notice because I don't have her background. But she's right. like, there's just like no Latinos. Right. Well, like, the, they don't, she keeps saying they don't make it to the future. Well, that was the one, that was always the terrible racist joke about uh, Arabs on TNG mm-hmm. 90s era. Oh, really? I haven't heard that. Uh, Luckily for me. Yeah. I'll tell you off air. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, we don't even want to perpetuate that yeah. stuff. Um, but but, but, but Bolana, of which, like, Torres Wilson was a Cruz that people... coming back is, like, very exciting. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. But, I mean, uh, it's, it has... I knew he was coming back of because... Course. It was planned. As, as an actor, but, like, what, in what capacity we didn't know until right. recently. But that, I think, was planned. It's just, like, it, that... I just really didn't like the storytelling style of season one, and the way that that was handled really bothered me. Yeah, but I'm I'm thrilled that they are that they are kind of correcting that now. I, I don't think of it as a like correction. That. I think of it as a fulfillment of a story. Sure, that, I think that's and, true. And in this it, case. it had a huge emotional weight. Yeah, but I, it felt it felt like forced and false to me. Mm, and also, like the showrunners of season one are out. You know, they're not running the show anymore. And yeah. I think that 
Honestly, like, I watched After Trek, which was cancelled, and it was terrible, and I, I couldn't even finish it. Well, we talked about that, where I was like, oh, don't watch that stuff, it's poisoning They have mind. a new show that's like a live Facebook broadcast that uh, I don't watch, because I just, I'm out right. now. But, like, I watched those showrunners talk a lot about their characters and the development, and I hated everything they said and did not see it in the show. Yeah. And I'm so glad they're not running the show anymore. And yeah. I think that, for me, personally, like, a big part of why Discovery Season 2 has improved is because there's new people at the helm of the show yeah. who, who are better at their jobs. Yeah, I think that's a big help. There's um, TNG went through that issue as well. Like, uh, um, Gates McFadden quit because I believe she, she was, was being... fired. The, the stories I've been reading say that she was sexually harassed. Oh, and really? That there was an issue with one of the writers or showrunners or something like that. I have and not that, heard that. Mm, maybe we should do that'll be our homework. We'll yeah, do a that's, dive into that. that's awful. Well, I'm glad they corrected that and brought her back. Yeah, um, and if I'm if I'm repeating false rumors, apologies. Yeah, uh, Justin says. Speaking of, I love Tony Todd's range playing Kern, the quintessential Klingon, and old Jake Sisko and his heartbreaking life story. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Yeah, um, I totally agree. He's fucking awesome. He, Tony Todd is great in everything. He was on Stargate SG One in the later seasons that weren't very good, and he was great. Yeah, uh, I still get a Star SG One, dude. After Star Trek, we should do Stargate, because I love those shows. Yeah. Well, are we going to do all 30 seasons of all of the Star Trek shows? Because we'll be busy for a while. You know, who knows? We'll see where we go. I feel like I'm feeling committed to Deep Space Nine. Yeah, it's pretty cause, good. Because we've talked about like throwing in some Discovery. Yeah. But I feel like after we finish Deep Space Nine, we might want to do like Discovery or something. We should do a Discovery show so we can talk more about Deep Space Nine. Yeah, 10 seasons of SG-1. That's so true. And five seasons of Atlantis and two seasons of Universe... Which is so underrated. Stargate Universe was a fucking gorgeous show. Heard good things. It's so good. Season one, it took its, it took some time and was a little too dour for a while, but it found its footing. It's do so Star good. Do Stargate fans argue about internal inconsistencies and canon? Stargate is purposefully stupid sometimes. <laughs> like Stargate, Stargate addresses its inconsistencies. So it's the way like Doctor Who. It's like, what are yeah. you even trying to do here? Stargate addresses its inconsistencies and waves them away. Yeah. Very similarly to that thing where Worf says, like... Don't ask. Don't ask. Yeah. And it's great. And it serves the show so well. And it's it does. Great. It makes it so those things aren't an issue. Because there's a huge issue in the fact that, like, the movie, Kurt Russell plays the character that um, MacGyver plays in the show. Right. Uh, Richard Dean Anderson. Right. And they look nothing alike. And at one point, the show even says, oh, there's another Colonel O'Neill. He's got two L's in his name. <laughs> and that's they did that on purpose. And they didn't tell you that for years, but like the original O'Neill had one L and the, the new one had two, or vice versa. Right, right, right. It's fucking, it's That's fucking great. great. Got to pick yeah. stuff up on Netflix. Yeah, Universe being canceled was devastating, but Brad, okay, Travelers was canceled, which is devastating. Mm -hmm. But Brad Wright, who created Stargate, um, the TV shows, who also created Travelers, is talking about working on a new Stargate show now that he's off of Travelers because oh, that yeah. show got that'd ended. be great. But what? it was a good ending to travel. It was a great ending. Yeah. That show was fucking awesome. To the awesome. point where I was not sure, like, ooh, do I even want to watch a season four That's how this? I felt about season five of Fringe. I'm like, I don't think I need any more. Yeah. And I think five was the second to last. Yeah. Whichever was the second to last. And I didn't even finish the last season. It was, like, way in the future. I didn't dislike it. I just, like... Yeah. I ran out of steam. I gotta finish that. All right. Do we need to vote on this one? We do need to vote on this one. Do, do, is there anything here that we missed? Here's Cisco and his clock. His beautiful fucking clock that's so glorious. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, they all forgive each other. They Of course. Yeah. This is the part where it's like, this should be part of Starfleet training. Like, yeah, sometimes you're going to get possessed and you're going to beat the shit out of a subordinate and then you're going to have to go to work the next day. Yeah. Or you might, like, forget who you are and have sex with Ensign Roe and then the next day be really embarrassed when Roe and Troy are 
eating chocolate together. Yeah, yeah. That that's gonna happen. Either. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Cool. Let's vote. Let's vote. All right. Let's uh, pull up our straw poll. So we're voting a rating for this episode from one to ten. And if you are watching, you need to vote. <laughs> Democracy only works if you participate. Exactly. So there's your straw poll. So, Doug, what do you say? I really enjoyed this episode. I think that it's a good, fun episode. Um, I, I think I'm going to give this an 8. I think, wow. I think this fits in with a, a, the kind of thing that I like. I love that it's like a mirror universe light, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. That's I, crazy to me. I really enjoy this episode, but I don't think it's that good, you know? Like, I... Like, as a piece of television, it's, like, serviceable and well-made, but it doesn't develop in a way that's super interesting until about halfway through. Right. Like, even when we were just going through and watching clips and stuff... It could have been I was thinking better. about how, like, halfway is when it starts to get interesting... And really, like, when Odo starts to play along is where I really get on board. Right. So like, I, I would have paced this way differently. Have you rewatched season one of, like, TNG or even TOS recently? I've, I've like, watched, yeah. Oh, my T- God. TNG I have. Yeah. <laughs> but TNG, like, all those moments are filled with weird detail yeah. about what it's like to be in space. Yeah, yeah. And it's all wrong, but I love all of it. Yeah. So I, I never... Did, yeah, it, I don't it, feel that way about, about that. Like, they this one, slowly meander towards the episodes. It's like yeah, season well, but two. They start with like character stuff. Like, let's all cook eggs together, <laughs> and like, let's like play a weird sport on the holodeck and talk about Riker's career. You but, know. But they learn by season at least three, if not sooner, to start the episode off. We're on our way to this planet to go pick up this bullshit. Sure. Earlier, yeah. they're like, "We're getting a call." Oh, hi, I'm Space Captain. What do you want? Yeah. We need you to go to this planet and pick up this stuff. Hold on, let's get Jordy to transfer commands to engineering. Yeah. Can you put him on mute? It's like, oh my god, what are you doing? Or like, the, you'll go to the holodeck with Worf and Riker and like, beat up shit. Let's just faff around here for a bit. Yeah, and then like, when you get to the story, you're starting over after the first commercial break, you know? I love that, because I, I love using the format of the hour-long television show, 40, sure. 42 minutes of stuff. With filler. Yeah, five acts, you know? <laughs> Play with it, like do a four act thing and then like a separate fifth act that, like uh, the first act is is its own story and then four acts of a different story. I think that's kind of cool. Play you some know? ping pong. Smallville did this really well. It would do a really well. It would do a four act story and then the fifth act is all talking about what happened. Oh yeah, I well. love that. Yeah. I love that. I want it. I want the characters to talk about what happened to them, and you get like this one scene of that in this episode. It's like, why did you build this clock? I have no idea. No idea. I mean, also forgive you for treason. Thank you. Yeah, totally. And which in this episode, I think is all you need. Well, I derailed you. You were just saying that you thought it was paced slow, and I was sympathizing yeah. with you. Is Amanda says is Doug trying to take down the green screen, trying to oh, punch yeah. a hole in it? I keep yeah dipping. We, we don't have quite enough green screen to cover both of us, so we're sitting right on it. Uh, <laughs> I have that like green screen that comes up and down from Elgato. It's great. It's a great product, but it's made for one person. Yeah, Smallville is a fantastic show through season seven, and then shit goes wrong. When, but it's again the showrunners leave. You know, yeah. showrunners are so important to a show. It's like makes such a big difference. Show unless you really go off in a different direction. Yeah, but small. I loved Smallville, the earlier stuff. 
Okay. Oh yeah, my rating. I didn't rate it yet. So, okay. I definitely like this more than The Forsaken, but they're pretty comparable as far as, like, I there's stuff that I really love about both of them. Um, and there's nothing in this episode that upsets me, that right. makes me want to drop the score. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think yeah. about that, but yeah, there isn't yeah. something... I'm going to give this one a six and a half. Woof. 6.5. Which, to me, like... It, as far as Deep Space Nine episodes go, I like everything above four. Yeah, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. anything above four to me is, like, enjoyable. A good episode is going to be, like, seven and higher. Right. Uh, and this is just under that to me. I really like this episode, but I, I'm biased towards Deep Space Nine because it's fucking awesome. Yeah. So I'm I'm rating very harshly, and I, I've been trying to rate consistently. Yeah, no. Like, I rated this 6.5. Let's go back. I put the storyteller at a 6.5. Yeah. Stay true to yourself. Which, I feel like I liked this one more than that, but it's close. I gave the Negas a 6.4. No, that's chat. I'm reading chat. Okay, no. Storyteller, I gave... No, that was me. Okay, yeah. What else did I give a 6.5? Um... Nothing. Okay. Well, I think that I yeah, think that's pretty accurate. Um, okay. And also, don't second guess yourself. Get, yeah, you know, I think we're solid. If you keep going back, you're not getting a good. And chat gave us a six point five. Six point five. Nice. All right, chat validating my numbers. I appreciate it. I just wrote sixty five point five. That's enough. wrong. That's a good score. Okay. Um, best. Wait. Character. Yeah. Favorite character. Let's let me make the poll real quick. Who do you think? Oh, well, oh wait. No, we got to nominate. I keep forgetting that. Well, yeah, I was I was going in with the Who nominations. Do we it's got to be Cisco, basically everybody. Cisco, Odo, Odo Kira, Kira, Bashir, Bashir, Dax, Dax O'Brien. Yeah. Um, telepathy bubble. <laughs> telepathy cloud. <laughs> I think that's everyone. Who else is in this? Quark. Oh yeah, Quark. Okay, so this is favorite character. I forgot the other, but fuck it. <laughs> I'll get in the habit of that eventually. Yeah, it's a new thing. Okay, it's chat, there you go. Click that link, vote on your favorite character in this episode. In this episode, who was your favorite character? Yeah. What do you think? For me, Kira. Kira? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because I, part of it might be a little bit of the, like, <laughs> knowing that this is the, this is like the, the prologue to the Intendant. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Uh, but I do, I thought the Kira character... Here's the other thing, is that we're voting on their favorite character, but really this is the spirit possessing right. Kira. Right, who is your favorite possessing spirit? Yeah, and it's and it's sort of like that filtered through Kira, you know? Uh -huh. the, she's possessed by a spirit that's manipulative and attempting to overthrow this power. Yeah. So filtered through Kira, she's like, oh, I'm going to be at times very harsh and cold and at other times very flirty and sexual, yeah. you know? Um, and I just... I Do you think really that like it was it. written sexually, or that that's just when she plays these roles that are like her in a power position? Is she bringing that to the table? I think that the way that Nana Visitor plays evil is to be sexy with it. You know, I think it's a healthy mix of both. Yeah, because it wasn't. This was. This wasn't written. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the script did say lock eyes in a sexually voracious way with Jedzia for five seconds. You right. Know? <laughs> Look like you're about to smell her neck. Maybe maybe it was written that way, but I feel I like doubt it, it. it came across in the performance. I think maybe a little bit like she's like cat-like or something. Yeah. Because she's very cat-like. She's yeah. definitely a cat. Um, and it is a kind of common trope of like, especially in Star Trek, of like, oh, we're in the mirror universe, so, you know, you're all sexed up. 
Yeah, you know, totally. Bisexual women are evil. <laughs> or the evil women are all, you know, pansexual creatures. That's right. like a that's like a go-to trope. So yeah, I mean, you want like the representation, but you also want variety of representation. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's not representation if it's if it's tokenism. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, my vote for this favorite character is absolutely hundred percent Odo. Mm, like so Odo. I fucking love Odo in this episode. Yeah, just for the way that he leaves the room. Looks back. So. Oh my god, it's so great. Yeah. I love it, and I love that he kind of. He's the first one to like pick up that some. Well, he's the only one who's not fucked up. <laughs> but he like picks up that something's wrong. Um, <laughs> Go Girl says wasn't watching or listening. Was listening to music, checking chat from time to time. Yes, yeah, with a lol and a, and a face palm. <laughs> I love it. Um, hey no man, thanks for keeping the keeping the stream on. Yeah, you, you're going above and beyond. You're not even watching and you're still viewing. That's nice. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. If if a hundred people did that, you know, our numbers would be up. Yeah, totally. We're back on the same page. Good. We were <laughs> we were. We was worried there. You know? So what's the chat vote? Uh, I'm not done talking about how. Oh, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> not only how he leaves the room, but like he kind of puts things together and then. Um, not just that, but he takes a step beyond to like act like he's with people, mm-hmm. and he just kind of right. like plays everybody yeah. perfectly. He plays. He would be a amazing Survivor player. <laughs> Can we please have celebrity Survivor well, with Odo? It wouldn't be fair. Well, no, because he's not good at making faces. He's say. also not a real person. Because he can shapeshift. Like a yeah. shapeshifter could not lose Survivor. Yeah, because totally. you could pretend to be anyone and then be like, "Fuck you and your alliance." Yeah, she says, "I also host you." Yeah, totally. You're getting all the credit in the world, Go Girl. You're amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think I auto host you, don't I? If I don't, I should fix that. Yeah, yeah, I auto host you. Um, yeah, go follow Go Girl. She's awesome. So, yeah, for me, it's definitely Odo. Okay, let's check what chat says. It's a it's a tie between Cisco and Odo. Soto. Soto or Cisco-do? Benjamin... Benjamin Soto. <laughs> Are we good? Benjamin Soto? Benjamin Soto, sure. Like Benjamin Quoto. That was a yeah. good one. Alright, moving on to best performance. And today's been fun where I feel like the favorite character and best performance are not lining up at all. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, always yeah. kind of boring when they do. Mm-hmm. But when they don't, I think it's really interesting. A lot of times, I'll if I'm torn, I've said this before... Say I'm torn between a favorite character between two people, or I'm torn between two actors for a favorite actor for best performance. I'll try to tease it out and see if I can't split the difference and pick one for one and the other for the other. Yeah, I do that too. And that's kind of what I'm doing here. Okay. And here's your chat poll. There you go. I am picking Avery Brooks for yeah, my favorite for performance. best performance. Yeah. Tell me why. As always, whenever I pick him, it's because dude makes bold choices. Yeah, the man is always swinging for the fences, uh, and I feel like at a low level background, he has got the Cisco character on lockdown. Like, yeah. even just that, just that basic level of Cisco is fantastic. And whenever he gets a chance to stretch his legs, it's just a it's a thing to behold. It's a thing of beauty. You know? Yeah, obviously that's the correct answer. And the the I mean, all you have to say is. That's all you have to say to know that he has the best performance. Oh no! Yeah, there's. I really appreciate when serious actors go wonky, like when they're willing to, um, just have like no sense of their own self and just let it go. Yeah, yeah. You know, Picard does that all the time. Yeah. uh, Patrick Stewart does that all the time as Picard, and I. Avery Brooks is a very similar type of actor in some ways, in that he like. 
It's very Shakespearean. He commits to something and he just goes yep. and he does it. And he, this episode, like all of his weird quirks and mannerisms and stuff. Oh, but fuck! What about Odo leaving a room? <laughs> the way that Odo leaves a room is so good. <clears throat> it's got to be Cisco though. The clock, man. Yeah. The fu- it's, that it's... that is the moment of the episode. It's so good. It's so good. Okay. Oh yeah, uh, Amanda's with me on Odo for favorite character. Let's see about best performance. What do people say? It's a hundred percent Cisco. Yay! This is this is Avery Brooks swept it. Full unanimous vote. So we asked earlier, is Avery Brooks a good actor? The answer is yes. Yes. Because he swept the best performance category. Okay. Mushroom rating. Mushroom rating. Yes. This one is. It's a high. This is. Yeah. I mean, first of all, we have double transporters. Double so transporter. We're already at double transporters. It's like a double rainbow, but rarer. Carrying a telepathic virus that they can't see there. Well, when you say it like in, that, <laughs> infects everybody. Seems to spread because not everyone that's infected is there when the infection happens. I think, and then it spreads to other people. Yeah. And then at the end, they use whatever sound wave to manifest it physically out in the world, and then shoot it out into space. Yes. That feels like nonsense. Yes. So I'm going seven, maybe an eight with the double transporter. Nice. Eight mushrooms. Yeah, that feels right to me. Um, I feel like... And I'm fine with it. I feel like Also, the, I'm yeah, fine with it. Totally. The double <laughs> transporter, to me, feels like about a seven. Yeah. <laughs> the, the virus taking over everybody... Given what we know about Star Trek and what's out there in the universe, these things, these types of things exist. They should exist. They're all yeah, over the place. Right. There should be so, articles on telepathic matrices. Honestly, that feels like about a five to me. So I think <laughs> I'm going to give this a six. On I like the mushroom how scale. You judge it by does this happen within the Star Trek universe versus like is it plausibly scientific? Well, but the thing is that the Star Trek universe is supposed to be a continuation of our history, so right. it all has to be plausibly scientific to right. exist in the Star I'm just Trek saying, universe. So I, it is based off of space magic to me, right. but I think that the Star Trek has spent years years kind of explaining transporters. Right. So transporters feel lower to me, yeah, see, even though they are high yeah, on they, the scale. Always, it's like Q. It's like you can't have Q in a hundred episodes and then go, you know what, Q's not space magic anymore. Right. He's always space magic whenever he shows up. Sure. Transporters but, but, but when are they try to explain Q, when they try to explain him and you go to the Q continuum, it makes less sense. <laughs> yes. So that is so it makes it more mushrooms. Yeah, don't pick at that scab. But as you explain transporters, <laughs> it makes more sense. It's the beauty of mushrooms is that when you try to lower the level they just start replicating. <laughs> yeah, if you explain something and it becomes more magical, you got a higher mushroom count. You got you got some fungal growth. Oh shit, the, rep- the mushrooms are replicating. Yeah. Oh, Amanda says she was talking about Brooks yelling Odo. Uh, Odo. Odo. Oh, he's so good. Wow, this uh, was so fucking fun, you guys. We've been going for almost three and a half hours, so we're not going to play any games today. No games. Last meme. Show the last meme. Oh, the last meme, yeah. we got a couple more minutes to go. we got some things to talk about before we get out of housekeeping. here. Housekeeping. Yeah, housekeeping You stuff. can put this up, and then you can you can uh, talk over this. Okay. This one, right? Yeah. I'm not reading it, but it looks good. I like not reading it till it's on screen. <laughs> That's handy. Yeah. Because either I'm laughing or I'm puzzled. <laughs> but search for um, Doug Space Nine on Instagram and you'll find us. We'll find Doug's stuff. Right. Downloads. Photos. I my downloads is just a bunch of Doug memes. <laughs> um. Wow, I can't see straight. My eyes are getting blurry. No, scroll up. 
There it is. Brakes can't. But Discovery Brakes canon, so it's not real Star Trek. Wait, let me resize. This is a good reveal. This is a good me. reveal. Me. You see, unlike you, I understand history! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A clock! <laughs> a clock! But this is me when everyone's like, yeah, well, Discovery does this thing that's not canon, so it's not really Star Trek. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't understand Star Trek, my friend. Yeah. You don't I, understand Star Trek history. I love this one. This Thank is you. great. Yeah. Okay, so what everyone go to our Instagram and, and, and give some love to Doug's awesome memes. Yeah, yes. I think it's at Doug Space Nine on Instagram. I think we got Doug Space Nine. <laughs> I'd be surprised if there was a land grab for it. Yeah, totally. Doug Space Nine is going to be very popular I in about so. 10 years. It's our brand. We're building it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, next week is a big week. Next week is the season finale of season one. And by next week, I mean in two weeks because we do this every other week. Right. Um, we do so, our best. Yeah, make sure you're in my Discord because that's where I post all the announcements about when the show is happening. Um, yeah, we just... Around 2 p.m. on Friday every other week is, is what we're shooting for. I'm usually late. Yeah, usually a little late. I do my best. And I am going to post this whole thing on YouTube. So we are switching from YouTube to Twitch for the live stream. But it's all going to be on YouTube. And if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you so much. You're awesome. Leave a comment down below if you have something you want to say or questions or, or, questions or whatever. Mm -hmm. We will address it live Special in the next week episode. Requests. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. This is fucking rad. Are we done? Is that I think it? we're done. I Did we it. forget anything? It's three hours. I hope we. Yeah, we're three. Anything. We're at three hours and twenty-seven minutes. I think we covered it. All right, love you guys. See you soon. Bye. Space Nerds is listener-funded through Patreon. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at Patreon.com/slash/SpaceNerdsPodcast. If you love this show, help us spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform, or leaving us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can find our show. If you have a question or comment you'd like the Space Nerds to discuss in the next episode, email us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. To browse our complete library of episodes or check out my sci-fi synth-pop music and music videos, visit my website at jessemercury.com. Keep it spacey, baby!